This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. The Atlanta Motor Speedway is the site of today's Purelator 500 on MRN Radio. Welcome in to the Peach State of Georgia, along with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. There have been three different winners in the first three races of 1995. Sterling Marlin, Jeff Gordon, and Terry Labonte. Why don't we take a look at the starting lineup for you. 42 drivers set to go racing in today's Purelator 500. First off, among those who didn't qualify, Loy Allen, who was the pole sitter here a year ago, he failed to qualify. Likewise, Ward Burton and Gary Bradbury driving for Jimmy Means has again failed to make the starting lineup. Of those who are here, 42nd is Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. That's the Camel Floyd. 20, uh, 41st is Randy LaJoy of Norwalk, Connecticut. The MBNA America Pontiac. 40th starter, Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina. The Coors Light Pontiac. 39th, Michael Walchip of Owensboro, Kentucky. The Pennzoil Pontiac. Phil Parsons out of Detroit, Michigan has the TriStar Motorsports Ford in 38 8th, 37th, Todd Bodine from Shimung, New York. That's the factory store's Ford. The WCW Ford for Billy Standridge of Shelby, North Carolina starts 36th. 35th is Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia. The McDonald's Ford. Jeff Bodine of Shimung, New York has the Exide Batteries Ford in 34th. 33rd is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. The Olive Garden Chevrolet. Ricky Craven from Newburgh, Maine has the Kodiak Chevrolet in 32nd. And 31st, Brett Bodine of Shimung, New York in the Lowe's Ford. 30th on the field, Robert Presley of Asheville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. Kenny Schrader from Fenton, Missouri, has the Budweiser Chevrolet in 29th. Starting 28th, Jeff Burton from South Boston, Virginia, the Raybestos Ford. 27th starter, Ted Musgrave from Franklin, Wisconsin, in the Family Channel Ford. 26th, Mike Wallace of Fenton, Missouri, in the Heilig Myers Ford. Davy Jones of Cortland, New York, has the U.S. Air Jasper Ford in 25th position. 24th, Greg Sachs from Mattituck, New York, in the Kendall Pontiac. 23rd, Steve Kinzer from Bloomington, Indiana, in the Quaker State Ford. 22nd will be Jeff Purvis from Clarksville, Tennessee, in the Jackaroo Chevrolet. 21st, Lake Speed from Jackson, Mississippi, in the Spam Ford. 20th starter, Joe Nimichek of Lakeland, Florida. That's the Burger King Chevrolet. Rick Mast from Rockbridge Baths, Virginia, has the Skull Racing Ford in 19th. 18th, Dale Jarrett from Conover, North Carolina. The Texaco Haviland Ford. Morgan Shepard, from whom you've just heard, starts the Sitco Ford in 17th. Morgan is from Conover, North Carolina, as well. 16th is Steve Grissom of Gadsden, Alabama. The Meineke Chevrolet. John Andretti from Indianapolis, Indiana, has the Kmart Little Caesars Ford in 15th. 14th, good run for Jeremy Mayfield of Nashville, Tennessee. That's the RCA Ford. Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas, drives the Valvoline Ford in 13th. 12th starter, Rusty Wallace. He's from St. Louis, Missouri, in the Miller Genuine Draft Ford. And 11th, Jimmy Hensley from Horse Pasture, Virginia, the active trucking Chevrolet. 10th on the field, Dick Trickle from Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin, in the Quality Care Ford. The 9th starter, Bobby Hamilton from Nashville, Tennessee, in the STP Pontiac. 8th on the grid, Derek Cope from Spanaway, Washington, in the Straight Arrow Ford. Our seventh starter is Sterling Marlin from Columbia, Tennessee in the Kodak Chevrolet. Six, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia in the Tide Ford. Starting fifth, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas in the Kellogg Chevrolet. Fourth position belongs to Darrell Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky in the Western Auto Chevrolet. Jeff Gordon from Pittsburgh, Indiana has the DuPont Chevrolet starting third. Front row we heard from a moment ago. Outside pole, number two starting spot, Bobby Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas, the Interstate Battery Chevrolet. And on the pole, Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet.
atop the flag stand, our honorary starter today, who has a great seat to start this event, but I'm sure he doesn't like it a lick. That's Ernie Irvin, who is here as the honorary starter for today's Pure Later 500. He'd much rather be aboard the number 28 machine, but today he'll unfurl the green as we're set to go racing in Atlanta. Race car behind the pit wall. They're down to the line. Ernie puts the green flag in the air, and they begin the first of 328 laps around the speedway. Trouble on the main straightaway. Mike Wallace in traffic has the car go around on him. He'll tag the inside retaining wall and quickly Doyle Ford grabs the green from Ernie Irvin and displays the yellow. They'll run back to the caution flag. The leader is Earnhardt in turn three. He's got about a car length on Bobby Labonte. They're side by side for third. Jeff Gordon tucked in behind Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip grabs the spot. They'll race out of turn number four and back down to the line with a yellow flag waving. Earnhardt will lead them down single file back through about the top 15 or 16 spots as they are aware that they're is a car sitting out down toward the inside pit wall and a lot of damage to Mike Wallace's car. Both the right side and left side look like they have sustained quite a bit of sheet metal damage. And I'll be very honest with you, I didn't see exactly what started that because like most everybody here at the racetrack, we were all following the leaders towards turn number one Eli, and the Heilig Myers car was back in 26th at the time. Eli, I did see what happened to start that, but some of the cars towards the middle part of the field were lagging a little bit back in traffic when they came into turn three. So when the field came off of turn four, some guys jumped on the accelerator to close up on the cars in front of them. By that time, when they caught up so quick, everybody had to jump on the brakes because the green hadn't gone and the leaders hadn't take off yet. When everybody jumped on the brakes, as always happens, about the fifth or sixth car back in line gets tagged and turned around in traffic, and Mike Wallace was the victim this time. Well, this is a strange one. I mean, 60 yards shy of the start-finish line to get the green, and already there is one car being put onto the back of the Century Wrecker and going to the garage area. So I hope this is not a portent of things to come here today. A very unusual start to the Purelator 500. And Mike... Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Craftsman in your hand, up to stopping, yeah! Not a chair, quick to stand, or even engine repair. Craftsman in your hand, nothing you can't do! Like a lawn, Mickey John, or that kitchen that on. Craftsman in your hand, up to stopping, yeah! From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. The green flag back out again at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The Pure Later 500 now on lap number five of 328. Dale Earnhardt wastes no time and jumping out front all by himself again. Clear air out there as he gets away from Bobby Labonte. Labonte hung with him for just a second right on his bumper. Now they've opened up a big gap on the third place car, which is Darrell Waltrip over in turn two. Right behind Darrell Waltrip, the Jeff Gordon car. He rides along in fourth now. Terry Labonte fifth and the first Ford in line. is Ricky Rudd. He's up to the sixth position. Sterling Marlin running in seventh now as those cars all work single file on the back straightaway. Next in line, Derek Cope in the Ford in eighth, and about five car lengths to Rusty Wallace and Bobby Hamilton. Mark Martin has moved up to 11th. 
All of those cars holding their positions. First man out of line, John Andretti, trying to find some running room to the inside, back at about 12th spot. While closer to the front, Terry Labonte works inside of Jeff Gordon. They'll scramble for fourth back in turn one. Labonte's not going to get the spot coming into the turn. Jeff Gordon is tough up in the outside lane. He's still got a fender out in, uh, fender out in front. Labonte now gets in line in front of Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd takes a brief peek to the inside of Labonte on the back straightaway. He falls back in line single file. Here's Mark Martin trying to grab a spot away from Bobby Hamilton now down to the inside in turn three. Mark Martin puts the car right to the bottom of the race. It will stick there, and he'll get the spot away from Bobby Hamilton. Meanwhile, at the front of the field, front two continue to break away. Dale Earnhardt and Bobby Labonte, that gap's getting bigger from third on back. Yeah, it's about ten car lengths right now. Darrell Waltrip still rising the third spot. He's stacked up single file behind him. Further back in the pack, we see Dale Jarrett stepping out of line. He's got a great race going on with Jeremy Mayfield. Morgan Shepard and Lake Speed also in that battle. Racing for the 16th spot now. Jarrett to the inside. Morgan Shepard swings down to the inside of the Lake Speed car. Now they're double wide back for that position in the middle of three and four. Morgan Shepard makes the move. The car drifts up just a little bit. Greg Sachs working the low side of the racetrack with Joe Nimichek trying to find an opening. Everybody holds their position. The car's skating around just a little bit. Some of these cars are not handling as well as they would like with the leaders on the backstretch. Gap beginning to close between second place Bobby Labonte. Oh, trouble in turn one. Steve Ginzer gets spun around. Brett Bodine tags it back in. Now three other cars get together. Dave Marcus involved here. The Phil Parsons car involved. And Steve Ginzer finally comes to rest down on the apron of turn two. A collection of about five cars get caught up in that accident down in turn number one. Kenzer was the car that ended up in the outside wall. Looked like he tagged it real hard. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Kenzer's done a lot of damage to the back of the Quaker State Ford. The back end is slammed up against the outside retaining wall. When he got turned sideways, about four other cars began sliding. One of those, Phil Parsons, who you can hear now just beginning to drive off. He's got a lot of damage on the back end of his Ford as well. The rest of the cars were able to drive off. Kenzer still sitting in his car down on the inside of turn two. One other car that Joe didn't mention in that first quick call of the accident was Jimmy Spencer, who along with Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, Kinzer, and others uh, had problems. We see uh, Marcus now with a lot of sheet metal damage to the left rear of his automobile. Jimmy Spencer, who was just on pit road, remember, during the uh, last caution period, he'll come in with what we can clearly see even from here at the start-finish line as some cosmetic damage to the front end of that car. Eli, also some damage on Billy Standridge's car. He got into the rear of one of those machines that was turned sideways and a good bit of damage in the grill section, the front end there on Billy Standridge's machine. Two cautions in the first nine laps. We're now at lap number 12 under yellow with Dale Earnhardt leading. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pace car behind the pit wall. Dale Earnhardt punches the throttle and comes down to the start-finish line. Green flag is in the air. 
Bobby Labonte is about as good on restarts as Earnhardt is. He rides second, and he locks onto his bumper in turn one. Labonte follows Earnhardt up into turn number one. First outside line uh, move is going to be back for about the seventh position. Derek Pope drops down, takes a look at Sterling Marlin, but here in turn two, we'll get back in line. Pope has to protect the move from Rusty Wallace. Rusty took a quick look around Cope's outside in the middle of the corner. Now in the back straightaway has to fall in line. They're single file all the way back through about the 30th spot. Kyle Petty, the man on the move, back at 30th position. After pit stops earlier, he'll try and pick up a couple of spots. Meanwhile, Dale Jarrett tries the outside against Morgan Shepard, middle of the field, while the front 15 are single file to one. Coming up into turn number one, Earnhardt's trying to get a little breathing room in front of Bobby Labonte, can't quite get away. Meanwhile, that 17th place battle still side by side. Morgan Shepard to the inside of Dale Jarrett off turn two. Jarrett is able to hold the spot for now. Shepard feels a little heat down to his inside. Comes Lake Speed in his car, also John Andretti making a move on Steve Grissom for a position. Now he tucks back in single file at the front of the field. Five Chevrolets then the Ford of Ricky Rudd back in sixth place then another Chevrolet in the form of Sterling Marlin and then another couple of Fords right behind that pack over in turn two. And again nobody stepping out of line. Being very patient here in the early stages after two fast caution flags. Single file through one off two and onto the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt the leader. Bobby Labonte second about two car lengths of empty racetrack then Darrell Waltrip in third. Jeff Gordon fourth. Terry Labonte fifth and the first Ford. Ricky Rudd, he's running sixth. Well, we've gotten ourselves a good run of green flag racing right now. Dale Earnhardt's taking the lap leader award away from Elmo Langley, the pace car driver. So that is a good start here after a hesitant beginning with a pure later 500. The leader, Earnhardt, back to turn one. Terry Labonte, the guy who's getting a little bit uh, shaky here, getting ready to step out of line. He's trying to get a run on the inside of Jeff Gordon. So far, can't do it. Ricky Rudd also beginning to rumble a bit. And up farther back, here's Rusty Wallace on the move. He drops out of the inside of the back straightaway, going up underneath Derek Cole car. He'll open the door in three, but Cope is going to run him tough on the outside. That's a good battle for eighth position. There are three Fords locked up in that one. Wallace down to the inside. Cope on the outside. Here comes Mark Martin. He had thoughts of making it three wide for just a split second. He may do it down in turn one. Ricky Rudd on the outside lane back up towards the front of the pack looking to the, make a move here coming through turn number two. That ninth place battle again. Derek Cope's going to hold it off, but now it's Mark Martin and Rusty Wallace side by side. Rusty had to jump out of the throttle for a second. That allowed Derek Cope to get away and Mark Martin up to the inside and now the door is left wide open. Rusty's going to have to slam it before about seven other cars get underneath. Mark Martin works well coming off the corner. Nearly got the jump last time by and did make the pass before coming off two. Let's see if Bobby Hamilton can close the gap behind Mark Martin or whether Rusty Wallace can force himself back in. Hamilton can't do anything because they're stacked up double wide just ahead but now coming into one Rusty Wallace will sling around and grab the spot from Mark Martin. Now Hamilton's left to battle with another car off turn two. Challenge for the third spot Jeff Gordon gets down to the inside of Darrell Waltrip in turn number three. Gordon goes to third. Here's Terry Labonte under Waltrip. Terry Labonte up, up alongside of Darrell Waltrip out of turn number four. They race door to door down to the start finish line and Darrell stands on the throttle. Terry won't be able to get him. Let's see if he can do it over in turn two. Ricky Rudd's on his outside flank this time coming into the corner and Terry Labonte can't get by him. Meanwhile a battle for the lead. Bobby Labonte's on the move. Takes a look down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt off the second corner. Can't get up underneath. He'll fall back in line. Single file in the second spot. Jeff Gordon now running third. Darrell Waltrip holds on to fourth. Now Ricky Rudd up into the fifth spot. Feels a challenge from Terry Labonte. The lead cars now going around Randy LaJoy's automobile. Putting him a lap down. That car had been loose much of the weekend. And then of course getting swept up in an accident earlier in the day. Has not helped that entry at all. So Randy LaJoy goes a lap down. Mike Wallace, Jimmy Spencer, Phil Parsons and Steve Kinzer are the cars in the garage area here at lap number 29. Meanwhile Bobby Labonte continues to hang with Dale Earnhardt. Every time they come 
through three and four, he'll stick the nose of the car out, breathe it a little bit as though he's going to make a pass on Dale, then just tuck back in single file as they hit the front straightaway. He's got a good handling car. He takes a look at him again over in turn two. Can't do a whole lot here. They're closing in on a lapped car as they come into the turn. Robert Presley just ahead as the leaders bypass him. Both forced wide to get by Presley. Nose to tail now, the front two cars. Then you've got about a second or so back to Jeff Gordon. Then about three seconds to Terry Labonte, who's now running fourth. Darrell Walchett, four or five car lengths farther back in fifth. Out of the corner again, Terry Labonte again drops down to the inside. Still not able to do anything with Earnhardt. They're beginning to put more daylight on Jeff Gordon, the third place car, and even more on Terry Labonte, who rides back there along by himself also. Darrell Waltrip has now lost the draft a little bit, and Sterling Marlin as they all go over to turn two. Some of the best racing now going on from ninth on back. There you've got a parade of about five Fords in a row with a Chevy and a Pontiac following them. Derek Cope leads that bunch. Rusty Wallace all over him. And a great battle with Dale Jarrett and John Andrew. That's for the 11th spot as they come down the back straightaway. And Dreddy has the spot for now. Jarrett has tried him outside. He's tried him inside. They come into the middle of three and four. For now, Jarrett's going to ride his bumper. And Bobby Labonte getting even closer to try and grab the lead away from Earnhardt. Nearly had him here at the start-finish line. He drops down a little bit lower, coming into turn number two. Looks for a chance and does get the nose up alongside. Going for it off turn two. But Earnhardt a little bit stronger off the top side of the banking. Is able to hold on to the lead. Labonte has to fall in line single file. Labonte getting through the center of the corner is better than Earnhardt, he'll try it again off four. Bobby Labonte can get a fender up there, but that's about all he can do. Here he comes out of turn number four with about a couple of feet of the fender underneath Earnhardt. Then he has to tuck back in single file one more time. Meanwhile, Jeff Gordon has closed in on the front two in turn one. He was a second and a half back, and suddenly he's right up there making it a three-way battle. Bobby Labonte hangs on to the second spot right up on the bumper of Earnhardt, and now Gordon within three car lengths. They flash to the outside of Presley's car, just picking off speed, having come off the pit lane. Farther back in the pack, Derek Cope's going to lose a spot. Rusty Wallace dives to his inside. That opens the door for a couple of more machines. Here they come out of turn number four. Back to the stripe. Lap 34, now 35 on the board of 328. The front three cars now pulling away by some four seconds on Terry Labonte, who's running back and forth all alone. In fifth now behind him. He's another second and a half back. That's a Darrell Waltrip car. Behind him in sixth now, Sterling Marlin. Ricky runs seventh. Eighth is Mark Martin. And again, the great battling from ninth on back. Rusty Wallace has grabbed that spot. John Andretti behind him in 10th. And Dale Jarrett still in the mix there off turn two. Jarrett running in the 11th spot. John Andretti now has fallen to the 12th spot with Morgan Shepard 13th. Steve Grissom 14th. Kenny Schrader running 15th. Bobby Hamilton has faded back to 16th. And meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt has caught the tail end of the field and started lapping some cars over in turns one and two. He goes wide to get by the Billy Standridge car. Dave Marcus also directly ahead of Earnhardt along with Bobby Labonte and Jeff Gordon all with him headed to turn three. Those two cars, Standridge and Marcus, damaged in that earlier accident now. So Marcus drops to the bottom of the racetrack, allows the leaders to sweep by to his outside in three. It really is beginning to spread out in a giant hurry here, this field. We told you about the front three cars. Let's get an exact time for you here as they come by the start-finish line, the first three. Then Terry Labonte, two and four-tenths seconds behind. Four seconds back to the Darrell Waltrip car. DW running well. The average speed of 107.9 998 miles an hour. Rather slow, obviously, because of the early cautions. The leaders are in three. About a car length and a half. The advantage for Earnhardt on Bobby Labonte. Gordon has closed in on Labonte's back bumper down to a car length. I think Gordon picked up the tail end of that draft a moment ago as one reason that all of a sudden he gets up there. He had lost it for a moment. He'd fallen back a couple of seconds behind. He's getting even closer to Bobby Labonte as they go back into turn number one. 38 laps are up on the scoreboard. And Jim Phillips, what are we looking at as far as that first round of pit stops lap-wise? 60, 60 laps or better? About 60. Uh, green flag laps is what uh, they told me 
before the race. I talked to the Ford teams and the Chevrolet teams. Both uh, said about 60 is a good gauge on the first stop. Probably could go a little bit farther, but that's what we'll use as a gauge on the first stop. I checked on Derek Cope. He's, his car now is loose, running loose. Rusty Wallace's car just a little bit tied off the turns. That's been the characteristics of the Ford most of this weekend. Tied off a turn four, but Derek Cope is loose. His car is backslid all the way to 12th position. Also, Steve Grissom's car not running nearly as well now as he would like. He is being bypassed back around 14th, 15th, 16th spot as he'll backslide just a bit as well. 39 laps are complete here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Dale Earnhardt has led since the get-go here. He's got some five car lanes on Bobby Labonte with Jeff Gordon running in third. Fourth spot belongs to the car of Terry Labonte. Fifth, Darrell Waltrip. Sterling Marlin is sixth. Mark Martin seventh. Ricky Rudd now up to the eighth spot with Rusty Wallace closing into the ninth position and John Andretti tenth. A lot of those cars beginning to work traffic here going through turns one and two back in the ninth position although Rusty Wallace got by John Andretti he's not getting away from him and Andretti still has got to worry behind him Dale Jarrett's right up on the rear deck there. Jarrett getting a good run up off of the corner and onto the back straight away from turn two towards turn three but is not quite able to find enough speed to get around Andretti this time he's going to try the wide side. Tim Brewer said uh, this morning Andretti can have a good run here he said we've had some good practice deals he's beginning to feel this car out real well in Atlanta and he's getting real comfortable he's having a pretty strong run back there for the moment. Let's see if we can check in with Winston Kelly on the progress that I think Steve Kinzer went to the Enfield Care Center. Anything to report there, Winston? Yeah, Steve came out and we talked to him a little bit ago and said he and Brett Bodine just got together. He walked into the truck. A lot of damage to the car. They're not even working on it to get it back in. They are still working on Jimmy Spencer smoking Joe's car. A lot of damage to the right side. He hit flush over in turns one and two. Cecil Gordon, Travis Carter, and the crew still working on that car. And the Phil Parsons car, they're not running for points, so they're out for the day. Kenny Schrader's having some problems also. I've noticed that several cars have been able to get around him in the last four or five laps as we're looking at 42 laps complete here at Atlanta. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 47 laps in the books. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead as he has from the very beginning, but Mark Martin might now be the quickest man on the racetrack in turn three. He has just bypassed Sterling Marlin, then a couple of laps later, he's just gone around Darrell Waltrip, put Mark Martin on the leaderboard in fifth. And Darrell Waltrip's car continues to run just a little bit higher in both ends of the speedway. They've put enough laps on the tires now that they're beginning to give up just a little bit. Some of the cars that are dialed in a little better than others, Joe Moore, are still able to run that low groove, but the guys who have not hit the exact setup car beginning to climb the banking a bit yeah we're seeing some of the cars that early on were very strong and now they're starting to go away a little bit we talked about dale jarrett coming up to the pack for a while now his car starts to fall back a little bit also terry labonte who is right up there with a front two or three now he's fallen back to several seconds behind the leaders so that's what they work here at lap number 49. The Mark Martin car is fifth. Darrell Walsh of sixth. Sterling Marlin seventh. Ricky Rudd running eighth. The scramble for ninth, though, is a good one. You've got Rusty Wallace ahead of John Andretti, Dale Jarrett, and Ken Schrader all tied together back in the corner. Single file with just a couple of car links between each of them coming back into the turn. This has been an ongoing battle all since the beginning of the race this afternoon. Changing positions, either Andretti or Rusty Wallace. Right now it's Wallace in command as they head to three. And while those cars are having a good race in and among themselves, the problem for them is they're a half a lap behind the race leader and getting farther behind. Yeah, they're going to, if, if this race should stay green a lot today, we could see a lot of this field getting lapped the way Earnhardt and the rest of the Chevrolets are getting away at the front of the pack. Robert Presley is back on pit road yet another time. Let's go down for a report. I'll have to go down there and check with Robert and find out just what is wrong with the car. Even with four new tires, it was still running fairly slow on the racetrack. I would say he's got a 
ratchet problem or a shock problem or something pretty serious. It's not driving very good. Yeah, they were in about lap 33, and we're only in about lap 51 right now, and they're right back in. So they're working on the right side of the car, looking up in that right front wheel well as though maybe there is a shock broke or something underneath the machine. So we'll find out exactly what the problem is there. We were talking about some of the other teams making moves here. Kyle Petty moments ago made a nice move in and around Jeff Burton to work his way closer to the front. That's still middle of the pack for Kyle, now being posted in 24th. It was just not a real good qualifying run for Kyle. He lost almost eight-tenths of a second between what he had practiced and then his qualifying time. But this, of course, is a, a long enough day, a three-and-a-half-hour race or so, where if he can keep working on that race car, Kyle might have a chance to climb back towards the front. Boy, they have really... Everything that they have tried has not really helped that much on the car. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, I guess, down at Rockingham, it's like Kyle said, if we knew what the problem was, we'd fix it. But they're trying one thing at a time, hoping that will turn it around. Here's Dale Earnhardt coming out of turn number four. And to give you an idea how quick he's getting around here, he's caught Jeff Bodine, and it's one of the better forwards out there, and threatening to put him a lap down. Jeff shows all the way back in 32nd position, but he is being shown a lap down already. But uh, the way he's getting around here, Joe Moore, he's going to put a lot of cars down a lap here very shortly. Yeah, there he goes by Bodine. Bodine just got up out of the groove, let him slip by. One thing we're noticing is the uh, familiar sound of Sterling Marlin's car. First part of this season, it's been transferred to Darrell Waltrip's car. They must have uh, exchanged their exhaust systems. But DW's car is the one that sounds like an Indy car now. Sterling's car sounds like everybody else's. Here comes Jimmy Spencer's car now from the garage area. He'll be 43 laps down but the Smoke and Joe's team is returning. So that will leave Mike Wallace, Phil Parsons, and Steve Kinzer as the three retirees right now. So a lot of work on the Jimmy Spencer car paying off. He's back on the racetrack. Let's go to Pit Road. We're in Mark Martin's pit with Steve Beal. Steve, it looks like the longer you run, the better you get. Is that going to be your storyline today? Yeah, it's going to have to be. You know, we started out in 13th and got hung in some traffic. Mark's pretty good right now. Them Chevrolets are awful strong, and they got some advantage on us. If we get a caution, we might mix it up with them, but right now we're pretty happy. That's Steve Beal, the crew chief for Mark Martin. I just talked to Jimmy Maycar, Bobby Labonte's crew chief. He said the car is just a little bit loose getting in, and just a little bit tight getting off. That's the story on Bobby Labonte. Dale Earnhardt continues to wind his way around here. He's about to catch Todd Bodine up in the middle of three and four, and Bodine is on the lead lap. He would be one of the first cars, which is back at about 31st position, to go a lap down. Right behind Earnhardt continues to ride Jeff Gordon, and he's getting stronger every lap around. They're back in two. Gordon's up to within a couple of car lengths of Earnhardt and maybe looking for this opportunity. This heavy traffic that Earnhardt's about to catch is maybe his chance to make a move. They're off turn two. Perhaps the strongest man on the racetrack right now would be Ken Schrader, who started all the way back in the 29th spot without the benefit of any caution flags and pit road strategy and so on all under green he's worked his way all the way up to 10th caution on the speedway here at lap number 56 as debris has just come off one of the cars in turn number three it's about five feet up off the lowest lip of the racetrack right near the racing groove so nascar has thrown the caution for debris lap number 56 a break for many teams who needed some chassis work done Jimmy Spencer has taken his car back to the garage area again. He was 45 laps down after the accident of uh, lap number nine. And after many repairs, he has gone back to the garage area. The Robert Presley car, we told you, was on pit road earlier for an extended stay, Chuck Bound. And we were guessing maybe a broken shock mount or something. What they finally find? 
Well, actually, they didn't find anything broken, Eli. They just decided to make some major adjustments. The car was driving that bad at 180 mile an hour around here. If, if things aren't uh, pretty close, they're a handful. So they're just trying to learn for the future and make it better. Field just came by the line. They got the indication. One lap will go back to green flag racing. Now, the cars that are a lap down, it'll be down on the inside when they cut them loose, will be Todd Bodine, Jeff Bodine, and ironically, Brett Bodine. All three right. of them running, what, 31st, 32nd, and 33rd, I believe. That's how they came onto the pit lane. Uh, they will come off now 32nd, 33rd, 34th, so they'll uh, swap spots just a tad. But you're right. Uh, what are there, like 13 siblings running in the races nowadays when you've got all three Wallaces out there. Of course, Kenny Wallace not running here today, and Mike Wallace is already gone. But between the Waltrip brothers, the Labonis, uh, three Bodines. Last year, I remember one race, there were like 13 relatives out there running. Very much a family sport in the grandstanding on the racetrack also. Getting to be that way, pretty much that way in a lot of the pit crews too. A lot of brothers are working down there. Pace car behind the pit wall. We're ready to watch the green flag go skyward one more time from Doyle Ford. He puts it up there. Earnhardt pops the throttle, heads for turn number one. Jeff Gordon will stay with him. So will Bobby Labonte. Those are the top three. Mark Martin back there trying to get a piece of that action also in turn two. Dodge Bodine's hopes of getting back at the tail end of the lead lap quickly gone away as all the leaders get by him using the outside lane. Terry Labonte fifth in line. He's outside uh, Tom Bodine trying to get by on the back stretch. Now the top five clear that lap traffic. It is Earnhardt, Gordon, Bobby Labonte, Mark Martin, Terry Labonte. Next in line, Sterling Marlin still caught up in traffic. Here comes the field now out of turn number four, back towards the start-finish line. The leader is still Dale Earnhardt now. Jeff Gordon running in the second spot. They'll flare out behind them back to the corner. Gordon looked for a chance to get by and will try again in turn two. Here he drops down to the inside lane, gets a nose up alongside Dale Earnhardt. He's dead even with him off turn two. Drag race down the quarter mile back straight away. Gordon inside, Earnhardt outside. Advantage Gordon, lead Gordon in turn number three. Earnhardt will swing behind him and underneath in four. Patton move for Dale Earnhardt. Let somebody get by. Let him run in a little bit hard. Drift up and then come right back on him. But Gordon's not going to have anything to do with that. He comes right back on Dale Earnhardt. They almost touch going into turn number one. Drag race for the lead over to turn two. This time it's Gordon on the outside. They touch. They slip. They come up the racetrack. Here's Bobby Labonte on the attack. He gets by Earnhardt. He goes by Gordon. Bobby Labonte takes the lead. Earnhardt broke loose at the bottom of the racetrack. He and Gordon somehow able to stay running straight. But Labonte now out in front. Earnhardt's got to protect that third spot. Mark Martin wanted a piece of it, not able to get it. Give a competitor half an inch and you'll go from first to third. Dale Earnhardt's in third, Jeff Gordon second, Bobby Labonte the third different leader of the Purolator 500. We're back in turn two. We're talking about Mark Martin coming up through traffic a little while ago. He has lost two spots in the last few laps. Terry Labonte got by him and Sterling Martin also has bypassed Mark Martin. Martin is now in sixth spot. Rusty Wallace has just taken seventh away from Ricky Rudd off of turn number two and Jeff Gordon is trying to get the lead away from Bobby Labonte. He's looking a couple times, but not able to get by. Nothing there. Can't make a move. The front four pulling away from fifth place. Sterling Marlin, the first of the Fords, running in sixth now. Mark Martin ahead of two other Fords in seventh and eighth. Everybody single file, marching back into turn number one. Again, Gordon right up there close with Bobby Labonte. It's five car lengths back to third place, Dale Earnhardt. Towards the tail end of the top ten, Darrell Waltrip on the move in the Western Auto Car. He took a peek down to the inside of Morgan Shepard on the back straightaway, but wasn't able to get it done. Now they come into three. Shepard again swings up a little bit wide, but not enough room for Darrell to get under.
Morgan Shepard has got a good handling car, but nobody has got anything for the Chevrolets at the front of the pack, at least for the moment. It's the front four cars for Chevy's going back into turn number one. The leader right now is Bobby Labonte. Jeff Gordon rides second. They pulled away three car lengths from Dale Earnhardt, about a five or six car length stretch now. Back to Terry Labonte, and here comes Mark Martin one more time heading for turn three. He is going to get the fifth spot away from Sterling Marlin, just dove underneath off of turn number two and pulled up ahead on the back stretch. So now Mark Martin once again in the top five. More repairs for Jimmy Spence. He's back on the racetrack, 55 laps down. And one more time, here comes Robert Presley in the Skull Bandit to the attention of the team. Nope, he won't even bother this time. He's going right to the garage area. So a tough start this year for Robert Presley in his first season behind the wheel of the Skull Bandit. The lead battle on the back stretch is a good one. Jeff Gordon took a look underneath Bobby Labonte off of the second corner. Labonte was able to hold on to the top spot. Here they sweep into turn number three. Labonte about a lane up from the bottom, and Gordon in his tracks. And as Harry Gant used to say, the it's fun to watch those high school boys out there, and that's what's at the front of the field right now. Two of the young upcoming stars in NASCAR as they go back to turn number one. I think for the moment, Joe Moore, Earnhardt might just settle back and see how strong those two cars are. Yeah, he may as well let those kids fight it out amongst themselves. He don't have to worry too much. Terry Labonte not closing it a lot on him, but he's seeing quite a show up front. Jeff Gordon again peeks to the inside of Bobby Labonte off of turn number two. Now he dives for the bottom of turn number three. Gordon's going to run it into the corner hard, and he'll come out with the lead. So at lap number 71, Jeff Gordon will reassume the lead here in the Purolator 500. Dale Earnhardt and Terry Labonte close in. Terry Labonte, one of the hottest drivers on the circuit. He has won three of the last 11 events, dating back to late last season. It's a four-car battle in turn two. Here's Earnhardt dropping down to the lower line, taking a look underneath Bobby Labonte for a chance to get by. It's not there. He'll fall back in line in third. Four cars now in the lead group, then about half the distance of that back straightaway, so an eighth of a mile back to four Fords who are running. Four, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Everybody in line for now. It's a four-car breakaway at the front of the field, then a two-car draft back in fifth and sixth, and another two-car draft back in seventh and eighth as they work down the front straightaway and head back into turn number one. That front four looks like anything can happen up there. They're in turn two. For now, everybody stays single file among the front four. Those other pairings of two by two all stacked up single file. First side-by-side -side race back about 13th in the pack. Dale Jarrett takes a look underneath the Derek Cope car. Doesn't have the chance to get by, so that two goes back to single file. Making an all Chevrolet top five. Sterling Marlin running sixth. Just got by Mark Martin running fifth. So now Marlin in the Chevy up to the top five. Little smoke out of the back of the Randy LaJoy car. He will shut her down and coast back around towards the pit lane. He could be another retiree here in the Pure Later 500. 78 laps on the board here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And once Jeff Gordon broke away from the pack, he is getting gone, as they say in the south. One and one-tenth seconds, the advantage on Bobby Labonte in second, Dale Earnhardt third, and Terry Labonte fourth. Back to the garage, Winston Kelly. One of our Max Race Card Rookie of the Year challengers had a tough day. Involved in an accident and then problems on the car. What happened early and what finally put you out, Randy LaJoy? Well, there was an accident up front. I slowed up, was waving my hand, and... Uh... I guess a 19 car wanted to look at my credit card a little closer because he sure did clean me out in the back. He ain't checked up yet, and uh, they just put us in that wreck. And uh, it's too bad because uh, we had a pretty good race car. That's Randy Joy. He's out of it this afternoon. Randy's another one of those drivers that needs a little luck in his corner because he's had more than his share of problems in 1995. 79 laps come up on the scoreboard as they continue to chase young Jeff Gordon. Terry Labonte's coming up in a hurry right now. He may challenge Earnhardt for third place. Terry Labonte is right there on the red deck of Earnhardt, and Earnhardt hasn't given up in his chances to get by Bobby Labonte. Still looking for a way to get by that Chevy. He has peaked to the inside a couple of times on the back straightaway, but he's not quite able to muster up enough strength to get alongside. 
For now, it is Bobby Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, and Terry Labonte all nose to tail on the bottom side of turn four. Here they come out of the corner, back to the stripe. Lap 81 will go up on the board. One of the quickest cars on the racetrack right now, Greg Sachs. He made his way over the last number of laps around the Derek Colt car. He's gotten around the Mike Waltrip automobile. He is bypassing Dale Jarrett right now. So that car with the Sachs at the wheel has really, of the last, uh, let's say, 10 or 12 laps, maybe even a bit longer than that, become one of the quicker cars on the racetrack. They're being posted in 13th position right now. He's getting around this racetrack real strong. Up to 13th still on the lead lap and we're looking back on the scoring monitor they're still showing 30 cars on the lead lap as they work around here right now the front three well actually the front four just cross the line and go back into turn number one jeff gordon putting a little bit more daylight on there mark martin's been running hot and cold here this afternoon and by that i mean that car really comes up in a hurry at times then it drops back and then it comes up again jim phillips has been down in that pit jim what are they saying well, Clark, you told me the first time down here, Barney, the longer Mark runs, the better he's going to get. That's going to be their scenario today. He started out, uh, got up there with the leaders, fell back a little bit. Now as we go a little bit longer, the green flag a little bit longer. Mark, Mark, getting better. He's moving up. He's first in class. He's the first forward. Had a little trouble, it looked like a couple of times, working the draft around some of the cars in the corners by himself. The car would run real strong, Joe Moore, but it looked like when he got in traffic, he had to come out of it just a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's going strong now, and he's left that pack uh, of uh, Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd to battle among themselves, and now he's starting to close in on the second, third, and fourth place cars. One of the better battles on the racetrack again has been Dale Jarrett trying to get back around Greg Sachs. We told you Sachs passed him a short while ago. Now as he washes up a bit in the corner, it opened the inside for a moment for the Dale Jarrett car coming out of turn number four. Dale Jarrett's really been slinging that car around here also. He is another one of the Fords. It's just they're not getting the bite in the corners that they really need. They want to go in there hard like they used to in the old days and make the car stick at the bottom, let it drift up a little bit in the middle, and then get back in the throttle and come off the corner. But Alan Bestwick, that's not being the case. If they go in there real hard, they almost have to stay out of the throttle just a little bit longer than the other machines. And the other side of that equation, Barney, is that the farther we run on a set of tires, the less grip that becomes even more. So while you might be able to stick it in there a couple laps, when you first go back to green, the car begins to get uh, uh, messier and messier, I guess we'll call it, as the run goes on. And airflow is a factor here, too, over these cars. And we automatically think Daytona and Talladega. But right now, with Jared and Sachs battling side by side, it's also getting the air air a whole lot dirtier and Todd Bodine was asked about that whether airflow is as big a factor here as it is maybe out of Daytona or Talladega. The speed of the Daniel Strayway is up close to 190 and and you don't think about it as a track like Daytona where drafting is important and and the air around the car is important but at Daytona you're not going a whole lot faster you know you got to keep it in perspective and and when you're out there racing somebody you got to realize that they're outside of you and they're going to take some air off your spoiler and you have to be prepared for it and do things to get your car right uh, it, it's kind of unusual that we can be going that fast in the corner when we run 70 degrees of spoiler at daytona you run 45 and you're going that fast so it's uh it's definitely a, a tricky deal it's a handling track it's aerodynamics and it's horsepower it's you got to have the whole package that's why bodies are so important here and and uh, you can you can really get messed up easy if you're not careful. 
something you don't automatically think about when you come to Atlanta, but now we're at these speeds, Barney, 190 going into the corner. you got to start thinking the same way you do at the, the giant super speedways. Well, anytime they get knotted up in a pack of traffic, we've heard a lot of the drivers say the accident that I was involved in happened when somebody got underneath me and took the air off my spoiler, and with a little bit of it chopped off here and the downforce going a little bit less than it normally was at Atlanta, it's awful easy to get one out of shape in these corners. It's just hard to believe how fast they are running off into the turns. We talked to a lot of drivers uh, about that very situation, and they said, when you first get out there and come to Atlanta and get out there and practice the first time, you seem like you're running twice as fast as you did when you came here for the last race. But as you, as you get out there and practice a while, you just get used to it. Terry Labonte making a run here at the line. This time on Dale Earnhardt, he goes underneath him down in turn number one. That could be for fourth place. Down to the inside goes Labonte trying to get up alongside Earnhardt, but Earnhardt drives in a little bit harder in the outside lane. Still dead even as the exit turn two. Earnhardt's car been sliding up in the middle of turns three and four the last several laps. Terry is trying to take advantage of that, but because he's in the high groove, Dale Earnhardt able to run into the corner a little harder. Still nobody gets the advantage. Dead even in four. But midway between three and four, Labonte goes off the low side of the racetrack and in his 479th consecutive start, Labonte grabs fourth place away from Dale Earnhardt, who's dropping back one more position. Let's go to Pit Road. I just talked to Andy Petrie. He said Dale Earnhardt's car is tight from the middle of the turn off. Goes in the turn good, gets in the middle of the turn, and does not want to turn back like he wants it to. That's exactly what it looked like to Alan Bestrick up that most of the time that Earnhardt's losing ground, somebody's getting underneath him is right up in the middle of the corner. Well, it just becomes a matter of how quickly you can get back on the gas in the corner when they say the car doesn't want to turn. I mean, the car is still turning around the racetrack, but you just can't be under full throttle to get it as, fa as fast as you might be if it was handling ideally. So Dale Earnhardt having to wait that split second before he hammers the gas back to the mat than some of the other cars racing around him. And if you add that split second up over the course of five or ten laps, that ends up into yards of racetrack that you're losing. And to get put in either further perspective, just remember the turns here are a half mile in length. That's as long as the entire Martinsville racetrack, the entire Bristol racetrack, the North Wilkesboro track. You take that whole track, and that's just how long the turns are here. And this is only a mile and a half speedway. So if you're not right in the turns, as we've said in the past, you're going to have yourself a long day. The interval now between first and second, just about an even three seconds as the leaders in turn three. Right now, Jeff Gordon all by himself. He'll be approaching a fairly heavy pack of lap traffic in about five or ten more laps. And Gordon got it on cruise control for the time being. A little brotherly love. The brothers Labonte swapping positions on the racetrack. Terry makes the move inside of Bobby Labonte. Mark Martin makes a move around Dale Earnhardt to grab a spot there. And old Greg Sachs still running in 12th spot right now as he climbs the leaderboard some more, Winston. We stepped in this pit with Jeff having a crew chief looking at how they're running. Started 24th, Jeff. Up to 13th. What's the car doing? Well, right now, the Kendall Pontiac's been just a little bit on the tight side, but Greg's been trying to drive the track to where he doesn't abuse the tires, running a higher line, make it a little bit easier until we get a chance to kind of work it out. We see the cloud cover right now starting to come in over here in Atlanta, so we're kind of concerned the car's going to tighten up more as the day progresses, so we're kind of anticipating that. What are some of the things that you could do to free the car up, loosen it up? Well, we've been looking at uh, tire pressure and also adjust a little bit of wedge. Also, we've been having to call us back as far as the temperatures on the front of, on the car, as far as the engine's concerned, 
we can always add a little tape to those, you know, pin the nose down a little bit more if we need to. That's Jeff Hammond, the crew chief on the Kendall Pontiac. When he says it's tight, that means it wants to drive up the racetrack, the front end of the car. The rear end doesn't want to turn as freely, so they hope to make some adjustments during the next pit stop. Jimmy Hensley has just uh, had his car pushed back up the pit road. They'll take it to the garage area, and he will join Randy LaJoy. Robert Presley has spent a lot of time in and out of there. Also, Jimmy Spencer's been in and out of the garage area. Steve Kinzer, Phil Parsons, and Mike Wallace, the cars that we're showing having problems and in the garage area here this afternoon. 100 laps have just come up on the scoreboard of the 328 that will make up the Pure Later 500 here this afternoon. As Jeff Gordon continues to set the pace, he's caught some more of that traffic again as he works back down into turn number one. About six or seven cars he's got to work through. Jeff's already picked his way around the Bill Elliott car. Jeremy Mayfield, he's bypassed him. He's gone by the Jeff Purvis and Jeff Burton cars. Here he goes down to the outside of Todd Bodine once again and more ahead as he goes to three. Next car in line will be Brett Bodine and the Lowe's Ford. Also Ted Musgrave, Joe Nemechek running right in front of the race leader now. Gordon goes wide in four to try and swing around. Why don't we take you back through the field now at lap number 100. Jeff Gordon, the leader. Terry Labonte, second. Bobby Labonte, third. Mark Martin, fourth. And Dale Earnhardt, fifth. Sixth, they'll show Sterling Marlin. Seventh spot will belong to the Ricky Redcar. Eighth is Rusty Wallace. Ken Schrader is ninth. Tenth, Darrell Waltrip. Eleventh is John Andretti. Now Greg Sachs up to twelfth. Ahead of thirteenth, Dale Jarrett. Great run for Michael Waltrip. Had to get in on a provisional starting spot. He's now running fourteenth. Fifteenth is Morgan Shepard. Also on the lead lap in 16th, Rick Mast. 17th is Derek Culp. 18th position, they will post Dick Trickle. 19th, Bobby Hamilton. And 20th is Lake Speed. Further back, 21st is Steve Grissom. Kyle Petty is 22nd. 23rd, the last car on the lead lap is Ricky Craven. One lap down in 24th, Joe Nimichek. 25th is Ted Musgrave. 26th position is Jeff Purvis. Jeff Burton runs in 27th. 28th now is the... Jeremy Mayfield car. 29th, they will show Bill Elliott. Then you drop the two laps down for the 30th place runner, Brett Bodine. 31st is Todd Bodine. 32nd position will be the Davy Jones car. 33rd is Billy Standridge. Jeff Bodine goes 34th. Dave Marcus is 35th. He's four laps down. Then many laps down. You've got Jimmy Hensley who's just gone to the garage area, plus the other cars that have either retired for the day, such as Mike Wallace, Phil Parsons, Steve Kinzer, and Randy LaJoy, or fellas the likes of Robert Presley who is out there running some 37 laps in arrears. So 23 cars on the lead lap. 36 of the 42 starters are still running. Jeff Gordon has led 31 laps today, though Dale Earnhardt is the big lap leader thus far. He's led 62 laps. Three lead changes among three different drivers. Three caution periods for 15 laps. The average speed, 135.053 miles an hour. And right now, Jeff Gordon continues to set a blistering pace. He's pulled away from Terry Labonte now by a little better than a full four seconds, and that translates to almost two-thirds of a front straightaway here at Atlanta to give you an idea just how fast he is getting around here. He's just moved around Kyle Petty again, and it seems like Joe Moore, whenever he catches a car, it doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the corner or in the middle of the straightaway, he just drives by. Gordon is definitely hooked up at this stage of the race and able to handle whatever he seems to run up on. Watching some pretty good races going on back further behind him. Mark Martin just gets around 
from the Bobby the Body Car. He seems to be losing a little bit of handle there. Also, Ricky Rudd passed uh, Rusty Wallace about 10 laps ago and picked up seventh. Rusty had a pretty good battle going on with Darrell Waltrip, but now Waltrip's fallen back behind Rusty Wallace to the ninth position. Let's check with Winston Kelly in the garage area. Jimmy Hensley's just crawled out of his Chevrolet. Jimmy, what's the problem on the car? Well, Wes, it looked like uh, we lost a cylinder, and then it started smoking out like a bro uh, broke a piston or something. Uh, an active motor Chevrolet. It was a little tight today uh, off the corner, and, uh, you know, it was hanging on. So uh, uh, the crew worked really hard on the car, and I was hated for them. After a strong 11th place qualifying run, Jimmy Hensley out this afternoon. Jeff Gordon getting quicker and quicker, and the intervals getting larger and larger between first and second. Joe Morrissey comes by you. It's a lot of daylight there, a little over four and a half seconds. Jeff Gordon is definitely stretching it out, getting by the traffic, and uh, really has nothing to worry about from the rear. Now, Terry Labonte may have a concern, though. Mark Martin has turned up the wick. He's bypassed a heavy pack of traffic and is closing the gap between himself and Labonte. Mark Martin continuing to chop into the distance. Great race going on from ninth spot on back there. Rusty Wallace has ninth. Darrell Waltrip is 10th. John Andretti is 11th. Dale Jarrett is 12th. And Greg Sachs is 13th. All of those cars are bumper to bumper exchanging positions, sometimes twice a lap. For now, Darrell Waltrip is the guy who is moving backwards, and John Andretti is trying to come up underneath him. And Jarrett thought about making it three wide through the corner, but for the moment, they'll all hold their breath and hold their spots as we are 112 laps into the Pure Later 500. Jeff Gordon, the leader. Only a dozen cars on the lead lap here in the mid-stages of the Purilator 500. Jeff Gordon leads with Terry Labonte running second. Bobby Labonte is third. Dale Earnhardt fourth. Ricky Rudd is fifth. Sixth is Sterling Marlin. Ken Schrader runs seventh. Dale Jarrett is eighth. Ninth is Morgan Shepard. Tenth, Greg Sachs. Eleventh, Rusty Wallace. And twelfth is Mark Martin. Tell you what, give you an idea just how quick Jeff Gordon's getting around this racetrack. He has a six-second advantage on... Terry Labonte, and that translates to a little better than half a straightaway. He's 10 seconds ahead of Bobby Labonte, who is third. That's a full straightaway, and he is 18 seconds ahead of Dale Earnhardt, which is almost a lap, three-quarters of a lap. That's almost unheard of, but that's how quickly Jeff Gordon is getting around here today, and we'll, uh, of course, continue to monitor his progress throughout the afternoon. Rusty Wallace, one of those handful of cars, one of the dozen cars on the lead lap. He's driving old captain today. That's the car they, they debuted last year at Michigan International Speedway. They won the event there up in the Irish Hills, and they named it in honor of Roger Penske, the nickname of the captain. That's the car that Rusty he has today, but even the captain's uh, not able to keep up with old Jeff Gordon here today, the little 23-year-old young man from Indiana just uh, having himself a fun Sunday afternoon right now. i tell you what, when they get that car right, Ray Abraham and the guys on that team, that it is awfully hard to deal with, and he is, Atlanta's been a good track for Jeff ever since he first came here. I thought the first race I watched him run here a couple of years ago that uh, he was taking a lot of chances and whatever. And I talked to him about that, and he said, hey, man, I'm comfortable on this racetrack. i got a good feel for it. He likes the high-speed tracks, the banking, where he can really throw the car in there, and he's making it work to his advantage here this afternoon. Earnhardt, meanwhile, could have some problems as Mark Martin comes onto pit road. Not any kind of mechanical problems, but a couple of cars are bearing down on him. He may have to really run here in a minute to hang on to what he has. Let's cover Mark Martin's stop again. Martin comes down to pit lane. The Ford is in. They're changing right side tires. Gordon had just gone around him to put him a lap down. Now they change the right side only. So evident. Looks like one of the tires on the right side was flat on the Mark Martin car. We're down in Jeff Gordon's pit with his crew chief Ray Everham. Ray, what in the world did you do the car on that first stop? 
we, we were a little conservative when we started, and we started maybe a little bit too tight, so we went ahead and freed it up a little bit, you know, just to be safe, and, uh, and the car's been good for us. I want to take the opportunity to say uh, hi to all my friends from DuPont and Babylon here and welcome the new Coca-Cola people on board. Well, they're welcome. pretty good right now the way he's running around this racetrack. And Barney mentioned Gordon's first trip here at this racetrack. He almost won the race, but you remember Barney slid through his pits and he had to back up. It cost him any chance of winning the race, but he did run in the top three or four all day. He really likes this racetrack. Uh, he seems to, he told me, he said, I feel better on the bigger tracks. And actually, everybody thought he would do better on the short tracks. But from the get-go, when he came onto this team, seemed like he had done better on the bigger tracks real quick and didn't do that well on the short tracks. I think it's also interesting how uh, finally Rick Hendrick's teams, Hendrick Motorsports, finally starting to assert themselves, kind of the way folks figured they would for a long time, but never really did. Now, all of a sudden, Terry Labonte wins three of the last 11 races. Jeff Gordon, we have documented his successes of last year and early this year. Kenny Schrader having a top five finish in points a season ago, far and away his best showing, and Kenny is confident for this year. Uh, all of a sudden, just like that, the Hendrick teams have started becoming a major force. Yeah, we were talking with Terry Labonte about that yesterday. We are down in the truck uh, having a little conversation, and we are talking about the fact that a lot of people said when he was going to take the ride over at Rick Hendricks is you don't want to go over to a team that's running two and three cars because they don't work, and I asked Terry about that. Well, you know, the only experience that I had with a two-car team was with our, our Bush program, and, and I felt like uh, when I went down there and saw their operation and saw how they did things, that the way that they do it, they do it right, and, and there's no reason why uh, there's really no team that gets yeah. any better stuff than the other teams. You know, all the cars are built in the same shop, and all the engines are, are good. And so then the individual teams get the cars and, and uh, go from there. But but I, when I left there, I felt like, man, I can't believe we run as close to these guys as we we did you know they've got such a facility there but he, he told me he said it is highly unusual for anybody to have a two-car team where both cars are doing good at the same time in the same time period and frame over six or eight races but the, all three of their teams are running well they really are and if you were with us on nascar live this past tuesday evening we talked with terry about his success and he uh, again echoed some of the comments about hendrick motorsports a lot of folks somebody called in with that question and uh, had a chance for uh, terry to respond so uh, a lot of things we all learned together both here in the garage area and of of course, on Tuesday's edition of NASCAR Live. Let's go to Pit Road. And Dale Earnhardt's pit. Andy Pete to the crew chief. Andy, you led this race early, falling back a little bit now. Gordon's in command. Uh, what, what about your car? Well, our car's a little tight and around. Uh, we tried to make adjustments there last time. It didn't seem to help it much. That 24 car is gone, though. The weather, we've had a weather change. It's a little bit warmer today. Has that had any effect on it? Yeah, I think that's uh, some of it. But... We just didn't make a big enough adjustment from yesterday. We were a little bit tight yesterday, and we didn't adjust enough for it. That's Andy Petra, crew chief for Dale Earnhardt, currently fourth. Kind of hard to believe, as much as they dominated this racetrack some three and four years ago, how good they handled. That was their strong suit almost everywhere they went, and particularly here in Atlanta, but they just have not been able to get a grip on it in the last six or seven races. Of course, uh the race cars are different. Last time they fielded a Monte Carlo here was back in March of 1989 when they finished second, but even that old Monte Carlo doesn't really correlate to uh, the 1995 
kind of car. So uh, that's a, an interesting thought there. But uh, you never know. This, this race is still working towards the halfway point. Greg Sachs has fallen off the lead lap now. The hood has gone up on that car. He was having such a fine run, you remember, a short while ago. But now Jeff Hammond and the crew have gone underneath the hood of that Dick Brooks-owned automobile, and they are losing many, many laps on the racetrack. Robert Presley is back running again. He is 62 laps down, making his uh, return visits to the garage area, trying to some different things as they look ahead and make some notes for the November run here. Of course, one thing about that, too, it's probably, what, 75 degrees today, if not even warmer than that. May not really uh, work what they're finding out here today when you come back here in the cool uh, temperatures of November. Yeah, it's a big difference with the temperature. They were watching the weather anymore on Friday. Everybody said it's going to be in the 70s, and, and the guys are saying, well, there's always a big overcast that seems to come over the Atlanta Raceway. Some guys kind of set up in between hot and slick and just a cool racetrack, and some of those guys have hit it and some haven't. But you talk about Earnhardt. If anybody can get that car adjusted and get it back to work, and they've got plenty of time left to do it. We have trouble on the back straightaway. Jeremy Mayfield's car has slammed the wall, exiting turn number two. He's hit it hard with the front end of the car. It's all caved in. He gets clobbered as his car slides towards the outside wall, pinches Michael Waltrip. Waltrip's car slams the inside wall hard on the racetrack. Jeff Purvis also involved. Hard collision right in the middle of the backstretch. It looked like Jeremy Mayfield's car hit the wall over there, then was going down the back straightaway with no way to control it because Alan, he was out in one groove, then started toward the wall. There was a big gap there, and that's where that knot of cars tried to get through, and all of a sudden it closed up. Yeah, his car was down on the, the middle part of the racetrack and just kept inching and inching further and further towards the outside when Michael tried to go around him. Jeff Purvis was outside of Michael, and they just got sandwiched, all three of them, a hard collision. Waltrip's car immediately rocketing towards the inside of the racetrack and into the inside wall. The medical personnel are at his car now. Jeremy Mayfield's car sits sideways across the racetrack facing back towards turn number two. The safety personnel are there with him and Jeff Purvis's car with the front end of its sheet metal all mangled in. He was the car that got squeezed into the outside wall by Michael Waltrip. He has come to rest down at the inside of the racetrack. Again, heavy damage on the front end of his car. And heavy damage to all three of those cars over there. We are at lap 149 and needless to say we are under caution. Well, nine cars in the garage area now. Mike Wallace, Phil Parsons, Steve Kinzer, and Randy LaJoy. Jimmy Hensley, Jeff Purvis, Jeremy Mayfield, Michael Walchip, and Greg Saxon. You know, you, you feel bad for anybody whose day ends early, but Michael Walchip got in on a provisional. He had climbed up near the top ten, and now here comes half a Pontiac on the race car, uh, on, on the uh, wrecker now, going to the garage area, and uh, I mean, here, here's a great run. All of a sudden, just goes away that quickly. Yeah. Alan, uh, over there, we were just watching those three cars come in hooked up to the wrecker. They must have really pounded that wall because Jeremy Mayfield's car, I'm looking at it as they put it in there. I couldn't tell which was the front or which was the back. Yeah, all three of them. A very hard crash. Uh, don't want to underestimate that because it was actually two impacts for both of those drivers. Mayfield hit the wall hard off the second corner. Looked like he had some sort of perhaps tire or suspension problem, but his car tossed into the wall at the front end real hard. And then when he came down the back straightaway, didn't look like he had either A, steering, B, brakes, or both of the above because the car wouldn't stop and it kept on moving up towards the high side. And I mean, Michael Waltrip hit him a ton. And then Waltrip's car 
with no more left front tire or suspension, hooked a hard left and blasted into the inside wall, hard enough to move a jersey barrier, one of those concrete barriers that they have that they place across the exit of the infield road course where it comes back up onto the uh, super speedway. Moved it when he hit it that hard, but yet uh, fortunately all of those guys okay, but their cars are some kind of messed up. Boy, Rex have taken out a lot of competitors here this afternoon. Just looking down my sheet, Jeremy Mayfield out due to an accident, Michael Waltrip and Jeff Purvis, the latest. Randy LaJoy was involved in a wreck, Steve Kinzer, Phil Parsons, Jimmy Spencer, and Mike Wallace. That's a big list. We'll find out a little later on, Barney, how this day shakes down, and we'll uh, vote on the Ray Bestus break of the race award. Uh, could be a good break, could be a bad break, who knows? We're not even a halfway yet, but whichever driver experiences the biggest break, good or bad, during today's Purolator 500, we'll get $500 from Ray Bestus, the best in breaks. That'll be coming up later today. And like I said, we're not even halfway. We're 11 laps shy of the halfway mark. Yeah, the Eli? Go ahead. Jeff Purvis just walked out of the infield care center. The good news, we can tell he's okay. Jeff, could you tell what happened out there in front of you? Jeremy, uh, Jeremy just lost it coming off the corner there, and, you know, everybody's dodging for position there, and I think somebody kind of slipped up behind me there, maybe Michael, and took us out and won in bad days. Bad situation for Jeff Purvis. He had a pretty solid run going this afternoon. Mike Wallace brings his car back out of the garage area after suffering quite a bit of damage. They've done a heck of a job on the Heilig Myers car to get it back out there because of both ends of it was smashed up there. But he's ready to go back out and put some laps on the speedway. And he will be exactly as far down as we have gone into the race. He'll be 154 laps down because if you're joining us late, he was involved on an accident on the very first lap coming to the green flag. Ended up about 60 yards shy of the start-finish line. Never did take the green. So Mike Wallace is now back to run uh, 154 laps down. Jimmy Spencer's out there, 74 laps down. Robert Presley is 62 laps down. All of those teams have had extended stays on the pit lane or in the garage. Jim Phillips, are the, a lot of the Ford teams down there, I know you're uh, kind of going from one pit to the other to keep up on the information, whatever. How frustrated are they here today? I think they were very frustrated before the day started. Uh, the ones I talked to this morning, they uh, were kind of conceding what was going to happen today. And Talked to, I think Eli talked to Mark, and he said that uh, we've got a great race car, but I don't think we're going to be able to keep up with the Chevrolets today. And that's the four teams I talked to this morning was the same thing. I talked to Rusty Wallace. He said, I think I've got a good, real good car, but he said, I don't know whether I can keep up or not. Now, how much is propaganda and how much is, is true? Uh, you know, that's always a question, too. Not that these teams are necessarily laying back to look terrible by any stretch, but uh, you wonder if the advantage is, is as strong as the Ford camp says or, or not. You know, it's, uh, that's, why, that's where NASCAR's officials have a tough call here. Do they amend some rules? Do they not? Uh, it's not cut and dried by any stretch. Well, I was about to put something into perspective. I, I didn't look back through the record book, but I think it will probably bear this out, give or take a race or so either way. It's Barney, best Go ahead. Barney, excuse me for interrupting, but Jeremy Mayfield just walked out after that uh, hard crash out there. He's okay. What happened? Well, uh, we'd been tight all day, you know, and uh, I wasn't really expecting the car to get loose, and all of a sudden we just run along and it broke out from under me. I, I guess I either got in too hard or hit someone on the racetrack. But it just turned around on me, then I uh, hit the wall and got stopped, then Mike would come along, you know, and hit me. And I, I just hate it for all them. You know, Mike and everybody got involved in it. I hate it for them. Jeremy Mayfield out this afternoon, but he's okay. Also like to report that Michael Waltrip walked out of the infield care center under his own power, told us that he's all right. We'll see if we can get his perspective in a moment. That's good news because from looking at those cars going in the garage area, you had to wonder if those guys, the shot they took over there, they were lucky to walk away with no injuries. But uh, 
you probably you're a statistic nut in this business anyway, more yeah. so than I am. But didn't Fords win what eight or ten of the first races sure. last year? Pretty yeah. much the same situation. Exactly going on here. right. We've seen a, a total role reversal, if you will. Of course, a lot of folks were pointing last year to the fact that you had two tire companies, uh, and that was another contributing factor. Now everything is on an even playing field from uh, the Goodyear standpoint, exclusively. But uh, you're right. Uh, in this business, there's no way to keep everybody happy. They'll get it all sorted out. Right now, a green flag goes back in the air. Jeff Gordon sets sail. Rusty Wallace, first lap car down underneath him. That's going to be a battle for Rusty to try to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. Wallace is racing hard there alongside Jeff Gordon. Gets the nose of his Ford out in front to get himself back on the tail end of the lead lap. Let's see if Gordon can chase him down now. Gordon gets it wound up on the outside on the back straightaway. It's dead even into three. Now Gordon swings out in front of Wallace as they barrel off down into the banking. Gordon is able to close the door and drop down in front of Rusty. So nine cars will be on the lead lap here upon the restart. Gordon, Terry Labonte, Bobby Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, Sterling Marlin, Ken Schrader, along with Dale Jarrett, Ricky Rudd, and Morgan Shepard. Those nine cars on the lead lap in turn one. Here's Bobby Labonte diving to the inside of the racetrack to get by Mark Martin's car. Dale Earnhardt will come with him. Here comes Darrell Waltrip as well, all getting by Mark Martin off turn two. Farther up front, Terry Labonte to the inside of Rusty Wallace, trying to stay in touch with leader Jeff Gordon. Now Gordon's already opened up five car lengths in four. Jeff Gordon continues to lead the Pure Later 500, four laps shy of halfway. We check in with Winston Kelly. Michael Walter walked out under his own power. That's the good news after that savage wreck. Michael, what happened? I came off turn two, you know, and I was racing with a guy and was uh, watching him a little bit and, uh, you know, didn't know Jeremy had wrecked and come down the back straight away and the car in front of me checked up and I swung out because I didn't know why. <laughs> and then I saw the smoke. And then the next thing I saw was Jeremy, and I, I mean, I cleaned his clock, hit him hard, and I'm glad he's okay, but, uh, you know, I just couldn't, couldn't see him, didn't know he was there. And it's just a terrible weekend for Pennzoil race team, uh, you know, but perfect example of a bad weekend. We used the spot, wrecked our car, we're leading a race yesterday, and a radiator falls out on the ground. So uh, I just assumed this weekend never came. The only good news is he started 39th and he was running 14th at the time, so they did have a pretty solid run going. But Michael Rochtrip ready to move on to Darlington. Well, philosophical, Michael Walter was looking at it the way he does, and we do indeed move on to Darlington in a couple of weeks' time. Two laps shy of halfway, the Gatorade Front Runner Award on the line again today. $10,000 from Gatorade for the leader at halfway. Terry Labonte might try and take a stab at it, but it's going to be hard to wrestle that lead away from Jeff Gordon. They're back in turn three. He's going to have to make up a lot of ground real quick if he's going to take a stab at that, because catching Gordon's one thing, getting around him is another, and it's about six car lengths, Gordon's advantage. Well, Terry Labonte's got about a lap and a quarter to get up there. Maybe if he can get door to door and come across the dead heat, they can split it. That could be. You know, they're, they're corporate teammates. Why not? Back to turn number one as they come to halfway. Jeff Gordon continues building his lead up to ten car lengths now over Terry Labonte. Earnhardt back to third and fourth now. Sterling Marlin clearing himself as a lap traffic. Down the back straightaway, the leader comes now. He sweeps into the banking of turn number three. Comes in high. Now begins to pinch the car down to within about five feet of that bottom line separating the banking from the apron. Here they come out of turn number four. Back to the stripe, crossed flags from Doyle Ford. Halfway in the Purolator 500 and $10,000 for Jeff Gordon. Leading at halfway, he wins the Gatorade Front Runner Award. So let's check in with Winston. Dave Marcus is sitting behind pit walls. He's talking to Dale Fishline, who's crawled inside the car. They've taken out the right side window glass that helps keep these cars stable. They don't know what the problem is. They've checked the rotor button. They've checked the distributor. The car just quit. He was involved in an earlier accident as well. He's got a hole on the rear side of the car, on the left rear well. The Olive Garden calls 
they're taping that up. They've got bungee cords holding up the fuel flow where you dump in the gasoline behind the rear fender well. Can't get into Dave now as he's talking to the crew. The car just shut off. They got it refired once, and it shut off again, so they're still trying to diagnose the problem. It's been a good racetrack for Dave Marcus over the years. If memory serves me right, I think he might have won a race or two here. I know he won one here uh, some years ago, but it's not going to be a good day for him here this afternoon. Marcus told me a couple of weeks ago, he said, I'm in the best shape I've been in a long, long time, sponsorship-wise and everything. He said, I've got more dollars this year to operate the team, and he was looking for a real good year, but he's not having a good day at Atlanta, along with a lot of other folks right now. There are nine cars still on the lead lap, and I believe the front six of those are Chevrolets. Jeff Gordon is leader. Terry Labonte rides second. Bobby Labonte hangs in there in third. Dale Earnhardt has slipped back to fourth. Fifth should be Sterling Marlin. Then it's going to be a ways back as they come across the line and head down into the corner. Ricky Rudd and Kenny Schrader ride along there, along with Dale Jarrett, over to turn two. That was a pretty good race uh, itself a little while ago, Barney. Ken Schrader and Ricky Rudd dueling for a bit. Schrader's car started pushing a little bit of the turn, and Ricky able to make a move down to the inside to get by him. They've settled down now, though. Man, on the move in that group is Morgan Shepard, who has gotten around both Ken Schrader and Ricky Rudd in the last several laps, trying to scratch and claw his way up towards the leaders. Here they come back out of turn number four to the stripe. Morgan Shepard, one of those cars on the lead lap, running in sixth spot, as Alan was just mentioning. That is one story, I guess, when you get to a racetrack, you just like, kind of like the Bodine family at the Martinsville Speedway. Doesn't matter the kind of race car. You drive into Martinsville, you know the Bodines are going to be a factor. Same thing here at Atlanta. Morgan Shepard is always going to be a factor. Dave Marcus's crew now pushing his machine back onto the racetrack. He has gotten whatever problems were ailing that car repaired, and he is back onto the speedway so that will bring Greg Sachs as the most recent retiree still having his car worked on remember the hood went up a short while ago on that uh, Kendall Pontiac 175 laps on the board Jeff Gordon if you're just joining us took the lead most recently at lap 125 he has led for the last 50. Darrell Waltrip who was running with the leaders earlier now has a problem he's being passed by virtually everyone on the racetrack Jim Phillips well we just uh, reached his pity line to find out exactly what has happened to Darrell Waltrip, the crew? Uh, no word yet. Try to get a word with Pete Peterson. They've got the pit board out for Darrell Waltrip. Let's ask Clyde Booth. Clyde, what's the problem? Well, we're not really sure. He said it blew up, but what happened was, I guess it's down a cylinder. So it's probably a rock around or something like that. That's the story for Clyde Booth. Down one cylinder, Darrell Waltrip. He's still under power out there running, but obviously way off the pace and dropping positions every time around this racetrack. I was talking with Darrell whether the momentum of late last season could carry over to this season. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we had a really good winter. Uh, we made, uh, made, we're making more power in the engine. And uh, like I said, we got the new car. Uh, Pitt, uh, added a couple of new mechanics in the shop there that's really helping out. And uh, got Pete back, you know, Peterson. and. Pete Wright's the shop foreman and Clyde's still there, so nothing's really changed. That's exciting as well because you like the end of season with a little momentum and take it right on into the next one. We were able to do that, and everybody feels the same way I do, that the car is going to be the difference. And indeed, that has been in uh, general terms, the car doing awfully well. And Darrell Walter just peeled off the banking up in turn number four, and it's down in his pit. Jim Phillips? And they're going to check Barney and see if the, maybe a plug wire is off. They changed the right side tires. Now uh, they're going underneath the hood. They're taking off uh, the heat reflectors to see if they can pinpoint a plug wire off. They have the 
right side off now. They're checking that. They check the left side. Doesn't seem to be any off on the left side. They indicate none off on the right side. So Darrell is just down a cylinder. Darrell Waltrip down one cylinder. He's hoping to have a good run here today. He said, I can win this thing if we can just stay out of trouble all day. But got a lot of ground to make up here now. He's not going to win it with one cylinder gone in the car. And smoke out of Derek Cope's car as he came by. Or is that the Jeff Burton automobile? Let me correct myself. It was the Jeff Burton car as it came by the start-finish line. A big puff of smoke. And he is now going to be slowing on the back straightaway. Jimmy Spencer goes by. Jeff Gordon goes by. And Jeff Burton is going to have a tough break in the Ray Bestis car right here. As soon as he came to the start-finish line, for a moment I thought it might have been some dust or something he had kicked up, but uh, there was nothing there. The problem came from the race car itself. Let's go to Pitt Road. It looked kind of odd, Eli. I saw it too, but it was coming, I think, from the air vent for the oil tank. In other words, I think the oil tank itself must have uh, caused a tremendous amount of smoke because it came out of the left side quarter window, which is unusual to see smoke come out of there. I almost thought maybe the, the, the fire extinguisher had gone off or something. I mean, it was a weird-looking deal, like, like Chuck said, and the smoke's still coming out of that uh, little left rear vent area. The hood is up, and they're working on that car. I heard a couple of guys in the garage area say this morning there could be some engine problems here this afternoon, particularly in the last 100 laps of this race. There was not a lot of moisture in the air, and if the guys put a little more timing in them than they need to and don't put the fuel to them that they need, uh, I had a couple of guys say the prediction was toward the end of this race or the latter, as we said, 50 or 60 laps left to go. You might see a few engine problems, and maybe that is beginning to materialize. A minute ago, Jeff Bodine took his car behind the pit wall. Let's see if Winston Kelly is anywhere in that area. They're working on the car right now. Jeff's still sitting in the car talking to the crew. They've had a serious vibration for a number of laps. He brought it onto pit road several times. Now they've got it behind the wall, changing the rear pan arm bar on the X-side batteries for trying to correct the problem. Greg Sachs, meanwhile, has completed the work on their car, and he's returned to the track. He's 41 laps down, Greg Sachs is, but out there now here in the latter stages of the Purolator 500. Sachs had a good run going here this afternoon. His car owner, Dick Brooks, is down enjoying the bikes down in Daytona this weekend, but I right. bet he's tuned in. I'm sure he is on WNDB down in Daytona Beach, where today they're also covering the Daytona 200 by Arai, the end of the speed weeks for the bicycles. Boy, they had or motorcycles, I should say. They had thousands upon thousands of Harley-Davidson's and all sorts of uh, motorcycles in town when I was down in Daytona earlier this week. One guy who's not concerned about that right now, though, is Jeff Gordon. He's now pulled away to three and seven-tenths of a second ahead of Terry Labonte. Remember Terry, we told you, was within a few car lengths not long ago, and we were wondering whether he was just kind of pacing himself or whatever. Well, now it's uh, almost the length of a full straightaway. That's how quickly Jeff Gordon has started to pull away. Yeah, I was about tempted to say, looking up there at Terry coming through the corner just a moment ago, that there might be something wrong with his car, but he doesn't appear to be running well. He's running pretty good, Joe Moore. Any, any indication there's a problem there? No, the car seems to be running well as he bypasses me off turn number two. Uh, Bobby Labonte is about maybe two or three seconds behind him as they head down to turn three. The car that's come to life here in the last couple of laps is Sterling Marlin. He chased down Dale Earnhardt. They race side by side. Had a great battle going on there. Marlin bypassed Earnhardt about two laps ago and now picked him about ten car lengths on him. I think Jeff Gordon is what's wrong with Terry Labonte's car, to be honest with you, as well as uh, Jeff is running right now. Also a car running well is Mark Martin, but remember, he is two laps down. Mark has just moved around Bobby Labonte, but Mark Mark, after losing uh, distance because he ran out of gas earlier and had to coast all the way around the racetrack, then they had to spray some ether into the car to get it refired and all. He is two laps down. Darrell Waltrip's going to the garage area as we go to pit road. We're in Bobby Labonte's pit. Jimmy Maycar's crew chief. 
Leans down to talk to us. Jimmy, anything you can do to catch Jeff Gordon? <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you, it's a little bit harder than Rockingham was. You know, we at least had a slight shot at him there. I don't know. Our cars uh, this seems to keep pushing on us. We're not able to get it out. Uh, if we ever can do that, we might have to be able to do something with him. But I'll tell you, he's awful strong today. We're, uh, we're just going to try to do the best we can with the Interstate Matter Chevrolet and uh, try to keep it up here in the top three or four cars and see what happens late in the race. Jimmy Maycar, crew chief for Bobby Labonte. And Jeff Gordon's lead now an exact five seconds over Terry Labonte. Nine cars on the lead lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Earlier, Darrell Waltrip was one of those. He's not any longer. What's the Kelly? Darrell looking under the hood of his car. DW, can you tell what happened to it? Uh, something fairly serious, I can tell you that. Uh, Looked like we lost a cylinder here uh, somehow or another with a rocker arm, or I'm not sure what it is just yet, but... We had a problem at uh, Rockingham, and it seems very similar to what happened there. So just have to see if we can fix it and get back out. Three-time winner here at Atlanta, Darrell Waltrip, the Western Auto Colors, out of the race. 201 laps have just gone up on the scoreboard. 328 will make up the Pure Later 500 this afternoon. For Jeff Gordon, this is one of those days that don't come along very often, but when they do, you really enjoy it when you got the field, at this stage anyway, totally outclassed the way he's getting away from everybody. Never get the feeling this young man's going to have a lot of these kind of days. Uh, it's a very, very talented race team. Ray Evernham, an awfully fine crew chief who himself was a driver in his early days, then went on to work for Jay Signori at the IROC Shops, the International Race of Champions. Now, of course, with Hendrick Motorsports and the DuPont team. It's a very, very impressive group of fellows. That's the race leader right now, Jeff Gordon, with Terry Labonte second. Third is Bobby Labonte. Fourth is Sterling Marlin. Dale Earnhardt running in fifth. If you're just joining us, Earnhardt led the first 62 laps. Has not been to the point since then. Running in the sixth position, you've got Morgan Shepard. Seventh now is Ricky Rudd over Dale Jarrett, who runs in eighth. Last car in the lead lap in ninth is Ken Schrader. Then those one lap down are Rusty Wallace in tenth. Rick Mast 11th, 12th now. Again, only one lap down is Dick Trickle. John Andretti is 13th, and Derek Culp running in 14th. So really, only five cars, one lap down. Everybody else is two or more lap down. This mid-race update brought to you by STP. For over 50 years, consumers and racers alike have chosen STP performance additives more than any other brand. Drive a better car with STP. Let's go to pit road. I'm down here in the Terry Lavani pit. Terry's running second. Uh, you're having a great day. You won last week at Richmond, but can you do anything with Jeff Gordon? No, Jeff's pretty strong right now. We messed around here and got a little bit loose. And we'll get it adjusted up just a little bit and we'll be better. Okay, that's uh, Jerry Labonte's pit. I think that's what everybody's waiting for is maybe a caution now would help some of these teams to get them in there and make, have a little more time on pit road to make a few adjustments on the cars. But I don't know what they're going to do yeah. to adjust to catch Jeff Gordon the way he's going here this afternoon. Now, Earnhardt's car, obviously, earlier was as quick as anybody out there. So you can see in the turns that it's not handling like it should. And to make sure our turn announcers are still awake out there, Alan Bestrick, that is one of the problems. Some of these guys, if they could get in there and make the right adjustment, get the car kind of dialed into this racing surface as the temperatures kind of fluctuated a little bit, they will be a lot better. But whether they'll be good enough, who knows? Well, and, and conditions are changing as we speak, Barney. There's a cloud cover that's come across. It's not a heavy cloud cover, but right now the sun is behind a cloud, so the track 
is cast in shadow, at least in turns number three and four. And even that subtle temperature change will affect how the race car handles. If your car is tight, it's going to get even tighter on you. So guys who are having trouble getting through the corners a while ago, like Bobby Labonte, for example, kind of probably hoping that the sun's going to come back out and light up this end of the racetrack again, which will help them get through the corners a little better. Have a change now for the fourth spot. Talking about Dale Earnhardt a second ago. He has run back down the Sterling Marlin machine and just swept around him on the backstretch. So they're separated by a car length and a half now going through turns three and four. Jeff Burton has taken the Ray Bestis car to the garage area. Remember we heard earlier a suspected engine problem. Chuck had talked to Dewey Liven good down on the pit lane and they have now taken that car to the garage. He would be the 10th retiree of the day as Mike Wallace has just taken the Heilig Myers car back onto the racetrack again. He is now an even 200 laps down. Again, having not taken the green flag, he was on the garage area for about 154 laps before coming out and now finds himself some 200 laps in arrears. And I think we may see some more pit stops, seeing a little activity up and down pit road. And Jim Phillips, I think they've been, what, about 56, 58 laps since they were in there last time, so it won't be much longer, will it? I figured between 212 and 215, you'd see the front runners in. Uh, Jeff Gordon probably in that range between 212 and 215. Jeff Gordon's lap times haven't fallen off that much. I put the stopwatch on him a couple of times after a 20 and 25 lap run, and he had fallen off maybe a tenth of a second from what he was after with brand new tires on there. His lap times right now still within a couple of tenths of what he's been all day long. I just got the stopwatch going myself with one of these fancy things that makes us sound smart, though we aren't really, you know, the one that converts the speed to the, uh, the time and speed automatically. So we'll see what Jeff is doing speed-wise here as he comes around the next time. Here comes the first of uh, the pit stops now under green. Steve Grissom will be coming onto the pit lane to the attention of Buddy Parrott and the crew. Lap 209. Here's Jeff Gordon now. His last lap, 173.08 miles an hour. So about 12 miles an hour off the pole speed set by Dale Earnhardt, but that's totally un that is totally expected at this stage of the afternoon. Pit stops underway for many of the lead cars in front of Jim Phillips. Yes, they are. And Tough break for Dick Trickle. They put the left front tire on. Low, no luck, but it fell off. Bobby Labonte's been in. He's got four tires at Unical Gasoline. Rusty Wallace is in. Dale Earnhardt has been in. Four tires, Unical Gasoline at 18.9 seconds. The Trickle car still sitting out in the middle of the pit lane. The Gordon crew is over, trying to keep them over out of the way because here comes Jeff Gordon down the pit lane. You're on lap 216. Ray Everham is out directing traffic to try to keep the trickle crew from getting involved with this pit stop. And the Gordon crew goes to work on the right side of his Chevrolet. The trickle crew cannot get the jack underneath the car. Now they've got a jack out, and they're going to lift the car up now so they can get the left front tire on. But a tough, tough break for Dick Trickle. Now here comes Sterling Martin. He swings past the trickle car. Jeff Gordon's pit stop, 19 seconds left. Sterling Marley gets four tires and Unical gasoline. Boy, you talk about total frustration. I can assure you Bud Moore's guys right now are really frustrated. That doesn't happen to that team very often, but when it does, there's not much you can do about it. Uh, looks like they did they get, ever get the jack under it, Jim? Is car still sitting there? Uh, yes, they did. They're trying to pull the left front fender off the tire that they put on. When, when the tire came off, it ripped the left front fender away, and the, the car fell down on it, actually, and it's uh, still rubbing the tire, so they don't want to go on the racetrack here in Atlanta running that fast with the tire rubbing. It almost looked like as he pulled out of the pit and that wheel came off, he might have tagged uh, Bobby Labonte's car, I believe, was sitting there. Couldn't really tell whether the wheel just flipped over toward it or he got to it. We'll look at Bobby's car as he comes by toward the tail end. It looked like he might have caught 
the right rear of it, but I don't see any wrinkles in that car as it goes by. But a frustrating deal for Bud Moore's team. During the sequencing of pit stops, Morgan Shepard led for a lap, then Terry Labonte briefly, now Jeff Gordon leads again. Let's go to Winston Kelly. Jeff Burton has just crawled out of his Ford. Jeff, it was a pretty decent afternoon there for you until it came out. What happened? Well, I tell you, we really haven't been running that good this year. I think a lot of it is because most of the people that had Hoosiers last year just aren't running good this year. It's a totally different feel, and uh, none of us have really got the chassis where they need to be. Uh, you know, we, we were just trying to learn, kept pitting and changing stuff and trying to get better, and we were getting better. Uh, then I guess it broke a head, broke a head or uh, broke a valve, and then it busted the head. Something like that happened. But I need I need to say, early in the race, I got I got in the back of Mike Wallace on the start of the race. Everybody everybody got checked up, and I want to apologize to everybody with the Holly Myers deal. Uh, it was just everybody got checked up, and the people person behind me hit me, and I hit Mike, and you know just a chain reaction deal. Just one of them things, Jeff Jeff Burton being very honest about what happened out there. He had motor problems in the Raybestos brakes forward. He won't finish as good as he did last year, which was a fourth. Here's Kyle Petty bringing his car into the attention of his crews. It should be a scheduled stop. They'll change four tires on him, dump in a tank of Unical fuel, and send him back onto the racetrack as the leader sweeps across the line. Jeff Gordon goes back into turn number one. The interval between himself and the second-place car, it is a big one now. It is. We're going to have to uh, get the stopwatches going again. We can tell you definitively, though, that that uh, miscue on the pit lane cost Dick Trickle and the Bud Moore team some four laps by the time they got the car back up on the jack and so on and took care of that sheet metal problem that Jim was telling you about. The uh, differential now from the leader, Jeff Gordon, to second-place Terry Labonte, is about as long as it'll take you to read some newspapers sometimes. It's right about 10 seconds. I mean, it is a long, long lead after the pit stops have been made. And I don't think, Alan, that he's bobbled one little iota all day, Jeff Gordon. He has really impressed me in traffic, Eli, when he's gone to lap cars and so on. Sometimes the lap cars haven't seen him coming, haven't been given the heads up by their spotters, perhaps, whatever it might be. But he's been able to make his move around them whenever he needed to and wherever he needed to, including one time I remember him going three wide on the back straightaway to get around a couple of cars who were racing side by side. And really, so far, a flawless afternoon for Jeff. 222 laps are on the scoreboard. 328 will make up the Pure Later 500 here this afternoon. And Chuck Brown, we said a moment ago, there are not many days in a driver's career that he gets a car hooked up as good as Jeff Gordon does here at Atlanta this afternoon. But when you do get a car dialed in like that, you can embarrass everybody, can't you? Well, he's doing exactly that. You know, he's not that far from lapping the eighth place cars even. He's just really been putting on a performance all day long, and I don't think it's going to go away for him today. Can you be lulled into a uh, almost into a sleep kind of because the car is running that easily and that well you have to work to stay alert well I think he's catching him and going by everybody so fast that probably keeps him pretty much awake 223 laps on the board of 328 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway Jeff Gordon continues to lead comfortably now has got a quick glimpse of some smoke coming off the left rear of the Davy Jones car almost looks like he might have uh, traded some sheet metal with somebody and has a little tire rub there on the left rear of his car, but he continues to run right now in his first ever glimpse of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. He's running in 26th. You know what's really strange? Jeff Gordon is leading. Dale Earnhardt has been having a good battle for that third position, uh, swapping it back and forth. And were you wondering what's wrong with his car? I mean, he's 15 seconds behind the leader. Dale Earnhardt uh, is running in third right now. Jim, is he? Is, are they still off a little bit, or is Jeff Gordon just that strong that he can uh, pull away 15 seconds on Earnhardt, who's running third or fourth here as he swaps spots around? 
Well, let's ask Andy Petrie. Is Jeff Gordon just that strong, or are you just still off a little bit? Yeah, he's definitely strong, but we're, all, we're still a little bit off. And, uh, we'll keep making some changes. Maybe we can get a little better by the end. So they're hoping still to make some changes to try to get the car better. Same scenario they had before. Tight right in the middle of the turn, and as he comes off. 232 laps posted on the board. 328 make up the Pure Later 500. And again, as we look at the scoring monitor here in our booth, eight cars now being posted on the lead lap with Jeff Gordon, the leader, Terry Labonte riding second. Bobby Labonte hangs on to third. Dale Earnhardt solidly in there in fourth. Sterling Marlin is fifth. And a couple of Fords are still on the lead lap back there. In sixth position, Morgan Shepard. Been a good racetrack for Morgan here over the years. Then comes Kenny Schrader in seventh. The other Ford that is still being shown on the lead lap is Dale Jarrett. We talked about the Rookie of the Year battle a bit earlier today when Randy LaJoy's car finally went to the garage. He had uh, earned himself a tie in Rookie of the Year points with Ricky Craven after last weekend. And, and Ricky wasn't quite sure how he was going to do here today because this was not really a great racetrack for him in the Bush Series days. Uh, they only ran the Bush cars here once a year for the last handful of years. He finished 17th last year. Looking in the book here, he was 30th two years ago and wrecked. He wrecked in 1992 as well, but having a good run today, keeping the nose clean. He's running in 14th, and Waddell Wilson, I was talking with him in the garage this morning, and he said, uh, you know, you can tell it took him a while to dial in the car here. He said, whereas at Rockingham, when Craven ran so very well, Waddell said he took the car immediately and got into it. So uh, I think it's a learning experience. Experience. But Craven's going to be a good one. But he and Randy LaJoy right now with a pretty spirited Rookie of the Year battle. Yeah, Ricky Craven's really got into this business. He didn't really, you and I talked to him last year. And at the time when he took the ride with uh, Waddell Wilson and that team over there, he didn't really want to come Winston Cup racing. He told you, and I think he told yeah. myself, I, I could stand another year in Bush. But it was just too good a deal for him to turn down. But he's, turn, he's turned it around. And he told me the other day, I said, do you still think you made the right decision? And he said, oh, yes, there's no question about it now. But he said, I was kind of skeptical because I know the pressure over here is three times what it is in bush racing, and he said it's every bit of that, but I can handle it. Another fellow who's smiling this weekend after uh, not even showing last week was uh, Steve Grissom. If you were with us in Richmond, you know that that team failed to qualify for the Pontiac 400 a weekend ago, but Steve is back here this weekend running a very solid 16th at this point. He is a couple of laps down, but he says every time, every day at the racetrack or at the race shop, he is learning something new from uh, the crew chief. Buddy Parrott. What makes him so good, Steve? Well, I think it's mostly his experience, and, uh, you know, he just uh, brings a lot of respect with him. I know when he talks, I listen, and I think uh, about all the guys in the shop do the same thing. So, uh, you know, if nothing else, he has everybody's attention, and then from that, uh, you know, he's a good communicator. He listens to you, what you say, and, listen, you know, you feel, make you feel like you've got the input into the car, and then he makes his decision from that, and uh, so far we've tickled to death. Davey Jones is in now for a pit stop, and it looks as though they're working on that left rear. We had talked about, uh, we thought we had saw, we saw some smoke coming out of that area, the car chuck bound, and it looks as though they're kind of prying that sheet metal away from that Goodyear Eagle. Yeah, it didn't really look like any damages on that left rear. There is one piece of white duct tape, but uh, I'm, I don't think it was rubbing too hard, but they must have been in question, so they brought an input on left sides only. 
Jeff Gordon out of turn number two and down the back straightaway. Has a big interval back to Terry Labonte in more than a straightaway. And they're looking to see how much the interval was between Terry Labonte and his brother Bobby, who rides third. That's a pretty good gap also, Alan Bestwick. Yeah, sure is. It's a couple of seconds anyway. Closest thing to a race on the speedway now, at least among the cars on the lead lap, would be for the seventh and eighth spots. Kenny Schrader and Dale Jarrett there. They've got about a car length of empty space in between them. Jarrett was up on Trader's back bumper a while ago, but now they've been in some pretty heavy lap traffic, so they've kind of settled into line to ride for now. But now with 90 laps to go, it's a 12 and a half second lead for Jeff Gordon. When we left you on the commercial break, which was roughly a minute and a half ago, it was a 12 and a half second lead for Jeff Gordon. In the span of the messages that you just heard, the lead is now 13 and 3 tenths seconds. I mean, that's that's almost uh, remarkable to just be able to pull away like that. Of course, there is a good bit of attrition today, so there are not as many cars on the racetrack to deal with right now as there have been in other races. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter to Jeff Gordon. He's just whipping around this racetrack now. Still eight cars on the lead lap. Two cars are one lap down. Five cars are two laps down. That is most unusual, but that's the story right now here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Pit stops for some. Billy Standridge is in. He'll come in here at lap number 245. The way it's shaping up, Jim Phillips, barring obviously the unusual, uh, it looks as though numbers-wise, uh, fuel is not going to be anybody's problem here today. Take go 60 laps on this run. That would make 52 laps to go, and that would take all that uh, out of the picture. So I'm sure that's what they've got in mind. They'll probably be a little bit conservative on this stop, and they won't have to be conservative on the next end of the race. So if they go 60 laps, they've got it home free. A lot of the guys were uh, kind of complaining when we first came in here about taking a little bit off the spoiler and also raising the nose of the car, raising the front air dam up a little bit. The cars might not handle as well. And they're talking about the speeds here in Atlanta where they approach going into the corners better than 190 miles an hour. But I don't think anybody's had that much problem today with the cars, the way they're getting around here, especially Jeff Gordon. I asked Darrell Waltrip yesterday, I said, we sit up there in the booth and watch you guys go around. And you can tell that they are really whistling when they go around this racetrack. You're a mile and a half here running straightaway speeds of well over 190 miles an hour. Where do you feel the speed? Where does the driver feel the speed? The biggest difference is, uh, uh, Barney, is how long you're off the gas. I mean, you know... If you're off the gas a long time in the middle of the corner, you know you're probably not running all that fast. I mean, you're running fast, but not terribly fast. The way the cars are right now, the tires and the racetrack's all been repaved and everything, you're on the gas almost all the way around the racetrack. You just barely burp the throttle, and you're right back wide open again. We know from experience the gears we got in the car, the kind of horsepower these motors have got, we know we're flying when we do that. Can you imagine running around this racetrack wide open with no. the kind of horsepower these guys have? I can't imagine that. But again, going off into the turn at 190. I had a speed gun out here at 192, 193 going into the corner. That's remarkable. 16th place runner is on pit road. They get four tires. Fill up with Unical gasoline. Send John Andretti back on the racetrack here on lap 249. That team's come along pretty well here in its infancy. Uh, interesting sidelight to all of that. That's the team that's owned by uh, Carl Haas and Michael Cranifus. Cranifus is the former head of Ford Motor Company's uh, worldwide motorsports. He was saying that he was going to South Africa to speak at a convention where he's going to discuss American motorsports and its importance to the automotive industry in general. He said there's not a place in this world now that NASCAR Winston Cup racing, NASCAR Bush Series racing isn't being held up as the 
sanctioning body, the way to operate, even in areas where Formula One or touring cars or Formula 3000 making their name in Johannesburg and so on. He said even with all of that, he said they're looking for people who are familiar with NASCAR and how it works to make the keynote speeches at conventions and so on. And then Michael's heading over to Sun City uh, here in a couple of weeks uh, to speak there. And one of these days we're going to have some tracks worldwide, I think, in Japan. Mm. Somewhere down the road, a lot of people say that's far-fetched now, but I can see it in the future, maybe not in the next four or five years, but you'll probably be broadcasting some races in Japanese maybe. one of these days. Ah, so. With a couple of chopsticks in one hand. And, and a plate of sushi on the left. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that. 251 left on the board of 328 that make up the total distance here. Let's give you the uh, update here at lap 250. Eight cars on the lead lap, 32 of the 42 starters still running with Jeff Gordon leading. Uh, he has led 175 laps today. There have been seven lead changes among six drivers, four caution periods for a total of 22 laps. And now since our last caution at lap 149, well over 100 laps ago, we have seen the average speed start to creep up to 148.571. The record speed here was set in March of 1990. Dale Earnhardt at 156.8. And right now we're at 148.5. Those cars on the lead lap, Jeff Gordon, Terry Labonte, Bobby Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, Sterling Marlin, Morgan Shepard, Ken Schrader, and Dale Jarrett. Those eight cars. This mid-race update brought to you by Sports Image. Remember, if you want the Earnhardt image, you need to think of Sports Image, the officially licensed supplier of Dale Earnhardt, GM Goodwrench Service, and Chevrolet Racing Apparel. You can get the complete color brochure by calling toll-free 1-800-342-7612. 254 laps, 328 will make up the distance this afternoon in the Pure Later 500 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Young Jeff Gordon continues to just drive around here like he's out on the interstate, just catching traffic and pulling out in the fast lane and going on around the speedway as he continues to put more and more distance between himself and the second-place car of Terry Labonte and Bobby Labonte, who rides third right now, more than a straightaway behind. Dale Earnhardt is still fourth, and Sterling Marlin is fifth. Later on in today's broadcast, Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will be selecting the Mechanic of the Race Award. The top NASCAR mechanic will receive $2,000 from Western Auto. Current point standings after the Pontiac 400. Tony Glover leads. He's the crew chief for Sterling Marlin Chevrolet. Steve Meal is third. He's the crew chief for Mark Martin's Ford. Andy Petrie is third. Of course, he's the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt. What was it, about five minutes or so ago, I said the, the lead was up to 13 and 3 tenths seconds. Maybe it was seven minutes ago, something like that. It's now 15 and a half seconds. Jeff Gordon by 15 and a half seconds on Terry Labonte, who is running a very solid second place. I mean, Labonte's not uh, putting on a slack performance here today, but Jeff Gordon's got him by 15 and a half seconds now within sight of the finish. Six cars remain on the lead lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Five Chevrolets and Morgan Shepard and a Ford running in sixth. At this moment, the closest battle shaping up potentially could be the brothers Labonte. Just one and two tenth seconds, Joe, between the two in turn one. Terry's in the second spot. Bobby is in the third spot. And Bobby has shut down the distance between the two over the course of the last 10 or 12 laps. He's now probably within a second of catching his older brother. They work down the back straightaway and into turn number three. They have the lap car of Jeff Bodine just ahead of them. In the meantime, Jeff Gordon just continues slicing his way through the field. I tell you, it's been a long time since I've seen a car hooked up like Jeff is here. It was probably Earnhardt some four or five years ago that they had the handle on the car, much like Jeff has today. He is just working his way around here, no problems whatsoever. He hasn't been that close to any of the accidents that they've had out there. 
if you joined our broadcast late, we had quite a few cars that have gone out due to accidents early this afternoon. Randy LaJoy went out due to an accident. So did Steve Kinzer, Phil Parsons, Jimmy Spencer, and Mike Wallace. Jeremy Mayfield, Michael Waltrip, and Jeff Purvis all got tangled up going off down the back straightaway a little bit early this afternoon, putting all three of those cars behind the wall. Jeff Bodine, Darrell Waltrip, and Jeff Burton out due to some motor problems here this afternoon also. And Jim Phillips, uh, they will make another round of pit stops. And after that, I don't think they'll have any problem going the distance. Any indication if this race stays green, when they'll make them? Let's find out from Ray Everham. See if we can get a word from Ray. Ray, what's your next pit stop? Well, it can come anytime after lap 265. We'll be able to finish. So we're just going to watch and see what everybody else does. Probably 265 to 280. Has your car changed at all today? Looks like it's getting better. No, uh, it, uh, it's been about the same, you know, a little different here and there on different sets of tires, but Goodyear brought us a real good tire back here, and it seems to suit our chassis setup. It really does. It's Ray Everham, a crew chief for Jeff Gordon. There's the understatement of the day right there. Well, we're within the window that Ray was talking about. We've just gone to lap 265. Here come Ted Musgrave and uh, Brett Bodine in for service. The lead is now 17 seconds, and uh, we're starting to get to the point now where Jeff Gordon stretching it a little bit more could almost slow down make his stop and come back out without losing the lead I mean it's not quite to that stage but I think you get the idea that's the kind of domination he's showing here this afternoon 17 seconds of an advantage on second place Terry Labonte as he and his brother Bobby Labonte worked the back straight away and I think Alan one thing that's being overlooked here again is the great run that Bobby Labonte is having this is getting to be a, a regular happening really all four races this year Eli they've had a solid performance that team has they were running in the top five with 15 laps to go at Daytona when they had that uh, unfortunate accident. Had the second place run at Rockingham. We're running in the top six last weekend at Richmond when a rear end gear broke on them. Ten laps from the finish. So really front running cars in all four of the races so far this season and they're real happy with the way their year started. Now Jeff Gordon at the start finish line about to overhaul Morgan Shepard who is one of the Fords. I think he's the last Ford on the lead lap and he goes underneath him over in turn two. Shepard gives him plenty of racing room taking a higher line coming to the turn and Jeff Gordon just flashes on on by as he heads down the back stretch. Now the next car in front of Gordon that he'll put a lap on when he catches him is Sterling Marlin. Marlin is about one quarter mile in front of the race leader. Marlin the fifth place car. What a difference a year makes. I mean it's it, it's really something last year we all remember how Ford's dominated early and uh, now Chevrolet has uh, done their job with the brand new Monte Carlo and we say brand new you know, the late Neil Bonnet started testing this thing probably a couple of years ago now when, we, when you think about all the time that's elapsed. So they, they've already gotten a lot of work done on the uh, the test program for the Monte Carlo before it was unveiled in December. Yeah, I think from everybody I've talked to, this car has kind of been on the drawing board and parts and pieces of it being made, wind tunnel tests made for the last three years. And uh, apparently Chevrolet has done their homework because they've really got a car that's working not only on the big tracks but short tracks and everywhere else. The aerodynamics a big part in it, certainly on the super speedways, but also also, the cars have looked real good up there at Richmond. Here comes a couple of more cars that are making, should be their final pit stop of the day if this race goes green. Bill Elliott bringing his car in. Dale Jarrett is in. Rick Mast is in. Winston Kelly. Crew goes to work on the right side of the McDonald's Ford Thunderbird. Tim Ragsdale has the car cranked up. Jim Black and Lamar Logan changing the right side rubber. Now they wheel around to the left side of Bill Elliott's car. Crank it up. Put Unical gasoline for Goodyear tires and Bill Elliott will return to the track. 
Here comes Rusty Wallace. He'll come in for service. Lap 270 will be the pit stop for him. We've seen Mark Martin already in. Steve Grissom, Rick Mast has been in. The other stops that Winston Kelly's been telling you about. Here's Rusty Wallace down in front of Jim Phillips. And they go to work on the right side. It's going to be four Goodyear Eagles and fill it up with Unical gasoline. A quick swipe of the windshield and Rusty Wallace's crew will send him back on the racetrack. As a matter of fact, they'll go around the left side right now. So Wallace, you're on lap 271, getting four tires in gasoline. Now this should be the final pit stops of the day. As we said, assuming that this race stays under green all the way down to the checkered flag. I don't think you'll see anybody else back on pit road unless they have a problem. Jeff Bodine brings his Exide Batteries car in. They'll also change rubber all the way around on it. Here's Bobby Hamilton and the STP Pontiac in. Hamilton thought he could stay up there with them all day long. Had a pretty good solid run. They're posting him still in 14th and not all that bad. Just one lap. Well, actually, what, three laps three down? Three laps down. Heck, the world is about three laps down. Now, there's being shown only five cars on the lead lap. Then you've got two cars a lap down, Schrader and Morgan Shepard. You then have two cars two laps down, Ricky Rudd and Dale Jarrett, before you get to the next cars that are beginning now to make their sequence of pit stops. Davy Jones is in. Derek Culp is in. Ricky Rudd is in for service, all coming here at lap 272. Pit stops continue. Dale Earnhardt and Sterling Marlin are on the pit lane now at lap 274. And it's routine. Four Goodyear tires and Unical gasoline. Let's see which team is going to win the race off the pit lane. Earnhardt came in first. Chassis adjustment. He is down and away, having just a little bit of trouble on the left rear of the Kodak Chevrolet. Now it's down. It's away. And he's back on the speedway. 275 laps on the board. Well, Jeff Gordon is the only car among the lead lapped automobiles that have not yet made their pit stops. Here he comes now as he'll slow on the banking of turns three and four. With everybody else having made their stop, he does have a lot of time to uh, slow down and make his way to the attention of Ray Evernham and the rest of the Rainbow Warriors. They still need to pull off a quick pit stop here, but they do have a little pad with which to work. They'll pit all the way down near the end of pit road near turn one. Jim? Comes in slowly, good, smooth stop for Jeff Gordon. They've turned out some good pit stops today. Their best one has been 17.4. Let's see if they can match that. The right side tires are on. They come around the left side. The second can of gasoline is in. Doesn't take the second can, so not only getting good fuel mileage, tire mileage, everything for Gordon today. Down 19.6 on the stop for the Gordon team. Kyle Petty just in to make his final pit stop of the day. He currently has been shown in 12th position, uh, about three laps down to the leader. He hasn't had all that bad a day. Let's check in on his pit stop. Winston Kelly. It's a routine pit stop, four tires and Unical gasoline for the Barry Dotson-led crew. Kyle Petty returns to the racetrack in just over 20 seconds. Here comes John Andretti with uh, another pit stop upcoming here. Right front looking uh, as though it... Uh, might be dragging a little bit. Tough to very get a, get a good angle on it there, but he came down pit road to the attention of the crew, and he'll go back to the right side of the car. Now, after the sequencing of pit stops, Kenny Schrader took over the race lead, having unlapped himself. Then you've got Jeff Gordon next in line, followed by Terry Labonte and Bobby Labonte. So at this very second, Kenny Schrader is on 
the lead lap as well, but he has not yet made a pit stop. When he comes down the pit lane here shortly to the attention of Ken Howes and the boys, that will give the lead right back to Jeff Gordon, and Gordon will again have an advantage over the Labonte brothers as we work at lap number 280 of 328. Uh, don't know who's going to get the Goody Charek Awards. It'll be interesting to see who uh, the teams, the, the uh, media members pick, maybe even Mike Wallace. Uh, you know, we, Jeff Burton said, hey, I messed up on the initial start of the race. Poor old Mike never even got to the green flag and uh, spent half the race in the garage area. He'd be a possibility. Michael Walchip gave, uh, had that battle in the back straightaway with Jeremy Mayfield and Jeff Purvis. Those guys might be candidates. We'll find out in a bit. $1,000 from the folks at Goodies Manufacturing going to the winner of the Goodies Headache Award. We'll uh, pass the information along to you a bit later on. Let's see here. Here comes Jeff Gordon now. Forgetting Kenny Schrader for the moment. Here's Gordon at the stripe. We'll get an interval back to the Labonte brothers because once Schrader does make his stop, Terry Labonte will again be uh, running in the second spot. Bobby Labonte running back in third. It's going to take a while for the body for the Labontes to get around here. Yeah, I was going to say they're over in Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> here comes Terry to the stripe. It is now 16 and 6 tenths seconds, the separation. And now here's Schrader making his stop at lap number 282. So as soon as Jeff Gordon gets back around, and here he comes now, he will reassume the lead. So Schrader leads from 278 to 281, and Jeff Gordon reassumes the lead at 282. Let's cover the Ken Schrader pit stop. Yeah, the only problem with that with Kenny, by the time he gets out back on the racetrack with four new tires and fuel, he'll be a lap down again. Uh, they stretched it as far as they could, but they had to come in now. Looks like a routine stop, four tires, Jack's down, and Kenny's on his way. Kenny Schrader going back out onto the racetrack, and for Jeff Gordon, it's going to be one of those days, unless something happens to that car, and the final laps here this afternoon, that's just absolutely perfect. He's moved in behind Morgan Shepard again, and also Dale Jarrett. They're a couple of laps down, or threatening to go a couple of laps down, if he can get around them over in turn two. And they're giving him plenty of racing room coming into turn number one and now to turn two. First, or rather, Morgan Shepard drifts up the racetrack, opens up the inside lane, and Jeff Gordon's on his way again. Sterling Marlin, Dale Jarrett, and Morgan Shepard had unlapped themselves in the sequence of pit stop through some good pit work, but they're in danger of going a lap down. Shepard just does in turn four. That's one of the Fords that was on the lead lap that is now going a lap down. You've got Jarrett and uh, Sterling Marlin directly ahead. Let's reset the field for you in case you've not been able to keep up with the sequencing here during the green flag stops. Jeff Gordon is the race leader. Running in second is Terry Labonte. Third is Bobby Labonte. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. Sterling Marlin is fifth. Sixth now is Dale Jarrett battling Marlin in turn three. Side by side right in front of race leader Jeff Gordon. Jarrett's going to get that spot. Marlin has to go wide. He's going to go a lap down because of it. And Jeff Gordon has to pick his way through that. Now he'll drop, drop right in behind Dale Jarrett. He doesn't want to get out there two and three wide with a lap car going off into turn number one. 286 laps are complete. 291 laps on the board of 328. Jeff Gordon continues to lead, and we'll be very frank with you folks. Right now, among the cars on the lead lap, those that are one lap down, even two laps down, there is not really a particularly close battle out there. Everybody's at least separated by eight or nine car lanes, something along those lines. We almost had a good battle between the Labonte brothers, Alan, but uh, that time traffic came into play. Well, Terry had some trouble getting through traffic, and so Bobby was able to close right up on him, but then Bobby caught Todd Bodine and Joe Nemechek racing side by side, and he couldn't get by either one of those in the middle of three and four. That allowed Terry to get back away again. Now, what is a good battle is coming out of turn two. That's for position 10 and 11, a couple of laps down. Rusty Wallace by a car length ahead of Mark Martin. Mark Martin has chased Rusty 
Nasty down from a long ways back. About three laps ago, he was a full second down. Martin just flying around this racetrack. Now he's right on Rusty's bumper. Mark Martin has probably had one of the quickest forwards at a given time here all afternoon. He's on Rusty's bumper as they come off turn number four. Back down to the line, just kind of rides in the slipstream going back into turn number one. Let's see if he can get underneath him going into two. Martin sees the opening and he's going for it as they come into turn number one. Sticks it right down to the bottom lane and flashes by to pick up the spot over Rusty Wallace. All he can do is watch him go by and fall in line. More of the laps have wound on in a particular run since a pit stop. The stronger Mark Martin has got. Only problem is when he had that problem earlier on in the race. He's gotten down to the leader and he's never been able to make it back up. Kind of happened to uh, Jeff Bodine last weekend. He had had that problem early in the race. Lost a couple of laps. Went on to be a pretty strong race car but never could get back up to contend. The lead is now 15 and 5 tenth seconds. 15 and a half seconds for Jeff Gordon over Terry Labonte. Don't forget next weekend we'll be with you in Nashville, Tennessee. How nice it is to see the Music City back on the schedule. Returning to the fairgrounds there for the NASCAR Bush Series. The Opryland 320 next Sunday we'll be there with our coverage at 145 Eastern time a full weekend by the way if you're heading up to Nashville they've got the NASCAR Slim Jim All Pro Series in action on Saturday the ticket office is open right now and every day leading up to the Opryland 320 next Sunday then it's back to NASCAR Winston Cup competition MRN travels with the series to Darlington Raceway for the March 26th Trans South Financial 400 April the 2nd the Bristol Raceway in Tennessee hosting the Food City 500. April 9th, we'll have the first Union 400 for you from the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. Then the Winston Cup visit to Martinsville Speedway, the Haynes 500 on Sunday, April the 23rd. The month of April wraps up in Talladega, Alabama. The Winston Select 500 is set for April the 30th. And in the month of May, we'll open up coverage in Sonoma, California. The Save Mart 300 at Sears Point. That's May the 7th and May the 20th. The Winston Select, NASCAR's all-star race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. That is Saturday night, May the 20th. Lap 296 on the board. Have you been following all that, uh, the bad weather they've had out near Sears Point? Uh, the Marin Civic Center, which is just across, uh, about a, it's across uh, the highway from where we stay, our hotel out there, uh, when that's only about 15 miles from Sears Point Raceway. They had nine inches of rain at the Marin Civic Center in the last few days, and there was a report a, a while ago that Turn 11 at Sears Point was underwater. Of course, they've got the trucks next week and it'll be dried out by then but that's going to be uh, quite a situation to watch all the weather out there on the coast good battle on the racetrack now for second on the backstretch Bobby Labonte has chased Terry Labonte down he's gotten to his inside on the backstretch into the entrance of turn number three Bobby slides up in front of his brother and takes the runner-up spot he drove hard going into that corner pinned it down to the bottom of the speedway made it stick and Terry kind of kicked up a little bit and Bobby gets underneath him let's see if Terry's going to make a run on him as they go back into turns one and two they'll move up on Dick Trickle's car and have to take the outside groove. Here comes Bobby Labonte taking the high lane first. Terry will fall in and follow the tire tracks up and around the Dick Trickle car, hitting the back straight away. Terry is staying right on the bumper of Bobby. Knowing that neither one of them is going to catch Jeff Gordon, probably some pretty good smiles on the brothers' faces, racing against each other at the front of the pack now as they work their way towards the closing line. Oh, trouble in turn one. One car hits the wall hard. It is Ken Schrader. The car broke loose coming into the corner, barely misses Lake Speed in turn number two. There's a lot of damage on the front of the Budweiser Chevrolet. Caution is on the speedway. It'll come 
out at lap 299 as again down in turn number one this yellow flag comes out talk about a break for some of these guys that might have had a shot at Jeff Gordon that's going to bunch them all back together let's go back to turn two Kenny Schrader was coming into the corner the car broke loose a little bit like maybe he was going to kind of broad slide it through the turn and look like he would gather it back in it slid a little bit too high it looked like maybe up into the marbles up against the outside retaining wall and when it hit that loose stuff it just carried him right into the outside wall and again he did quite a bit of damage to the front end of the Budweiser Chevy and in one second of a spin Jeff Gordon has lost a 17 second lead we're under caution 23 laps to settle the Purolator 500. Pace car behind the pit wall. Jeff Gordon sitting on the throttle, waiting to go, sees the green flag, punches it, takes off. He'll get away from Dale Jarrett, the car down on the inside that is a lap down. Bobby Labonte's going to hang with him, and so is Terry. Those three head off into turn one. Labonte's about a car length behind Jeff Gordon, but Gordon already starts building his lead. Both those cars clear themselves of the lap traffic. Terry Labonte still buried back there. Dale Earnhardt also trying to dig out of the traffic. Dale Jarrett was running hard, trying to see if he could get back on the lead lap, in case a quick caution came back out. He's not going to do it now. Three of the lead lap cars now four have cleared the Jarrett car as Dale Earnhardt swings around. But Jeff Gordon in the span of a mile and a half is pulled away by eight car lengths. The battle is for second. Terry Labonte inside of his younger brother Bobby Labonte. The scramble for second in turn one. Terry gets a great run coming into the turn. Slides by down to the inside and picks up the second spot. Bobby falls in line. Meanwhile Jeff Gordon stretches it out to ten car lengths his lead. Gordon is gone. Earnhardt is trying to come. He's down to the inside of Bobby Labonte. Well, he dipped out of the inside for a second. Tried to get a run on him on the back straightaway. Now as Bobby's car swings wide, here's Earnhardt again trying to get under him. Dale just really trying to make that car stick down to the low groove. Last time around, the car kicked up before this lap. This time it stuck a little bit, but he still didn't gain any ground on Bobby Labonte, while the leader pulls away even more in turn two. Again, here's Dale Earnhardt back in the fourth position trying to close in on Bobby Labonte. Sees a chance to move down to the inside in turn one. Off turn two, that chance goes away and Earnhardt gets back in line. Terry Labonte Bonnie has gotten away by about a car length on his brother Bobby. Meantime, Jeff Gordon is beginning to check out once again. He's got about six, seven car lengths on Terry as they work off four. Good battle now between Dale Jarrett to the inside of Sterling Marlin. They are battling for position. One lap down in fifth. Jarrett will win that battle. Here comes Mark Martin now. He's not in that same picture. He's a couple of laps down while the lead car goes off into turn two. Bill Elliott has a problem. Elliott is not under power. The car was stone silent as it came coasting past the start finish line. The leader, Jeff Gordon, is in turn three. Single file among the four cars on the lead lap. Still that good battle between Morgan Shepard and Dale Jarrett. Mark Martin and Sterling Marlin, they're all nose to tail. Nose to tail, they come off the corner. The leader again across the line. Earnhardt's chances of getting up there. He tried to use them while he had fresh tires on there, Joe, but He's dropping back even more. He's falling back a good bit behind Bobby Labonte. He's not going to have a chance to do any battle with him as they hit the back straightaway. Bill Elliott's going to turn his car in in the turn three end of the back straightaway. He'll not make it back around to the pit lane, but he also gets it off the speedway so we can continue and finish the race under green. He went into the area of the infield road course there. He's out of everybody's way, and the racing can continue. 310 laps on the board, 18 to go for Jeff Gordon. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 312 laps on the board. Jeff Gordon leads. He's got himself about three-quarters of a second on Terry Labonte, Bobby Labonte, and then Dale Earnhardt running in fourth. Those four cars are on the lead lap. In fifth spot is the Dale Jarrett car on the same lap with Sterling Marlin in sixth and Morgan Shepard running in seventh along with eighth-place runner Sterling Marlin. So, again, let me correct myself there. I had a redundancy, I believe. We had Dale Jarrett in fifth. Morgan Shepard in sixth, Sterling Marlin seventh, and Ricky Rudd in eighth. Those four cars are a lap down. 
two laps down are three different cars. In ninth position, Mark Martin. Tenth is Rusty Wallace. And 11th is Rick Mash. They're all kind of running in a big old uh, package together there. Leader coming out of turn number two. It is Jeff Gordon. He is all by himself. There is no lap traffic in front of him now for almost half the distance of the racetrack. Gordon right now eases down into the banking of turn number three and swings around the middle of the corner, headed back the other way. And it's very obvious that if anybody had anything left for Jeff Gordon after they all made their pit stops together, put on four fresh tires, a tank of fuel, and went back out there on that restart right behind him, and he has already pulled away. And Joe Moore, this has been one of the strangest days in Atlanta we've seen. I'll tell you what, to see one guy dominate like this, Atlanta's the kind of track where it's really not unusual to see the different lines the cars take depending on how far they are into a green flag run. Early in the run, after a restart maybe, or at the beginning of the race, they'll all run right down to the bottom lane, maybe a little bit up. And uh, today, of course, later in the runs, you'll see them start coming up closer to the outside retaining wall. We've seen that for most of the cars, but in Jeff Gordon's case, he hasn't varied a foot or two in either direction. Only time he gets up out of the main groove is when he wants to, when he's passing some other traffic. But his cars remain consistent all day. That's been very impressive to me. Now smoke coming out of the Steve Grissom car as he goes off into turn number one, running nine laps from the finish as Jeff Gordon continues to lead. Steve Grissom showing some smoke from behind the Meineke car. 318 laps on the board. Here comes Gordon out of turn number four. It'll be nine to go as they come to the stripe. Swinging back into the corner, and Bobby Labonte has cut down the interval between himself and the leader, Jeff Gordon, by maybe three or four car lengths as they go back to turn two. Hard to say if Gordon is just coasting here or if Bobby Labonte is really catching him. Now, Bobby, after he passed his brother, has definitely left him, and obviously the distance between himself and the leader has shrunk. Labonte is turning up the heat in his Chevrolet. He's closing now down to about five car lengths on Gordon's back bumper as they work through turn number four. Here they come back to the start finish line. Bobby Labonte in his 67th NASCAR Winston Cup Series event looking for his first win. Jeff Gordon just trying to add to his ever-growing win list. They're back in turn two. Both cars drop right down to the bottom of turns one and two. Still about five car lengths between the two. Jeff Gordon sets sail off the corner. Bobby Labonte closes in by another car length. Already down the end of the backstretch and dipping down into the banking of turn number three now. Labonte trying to dig and dig and dig and see if he can get up on Gordon's back bumper. Cuts it down a little bit more. He's about five car lengths behind him right now. Still a good battle going on back there for sixth place as Sterling Marlin tries to reel in Morgan Shepard out of turn number four. The battle for the lead goes back to two. Bobby Labonte again trying to close in some ground on the race leader Jeff Gordon. Gordon is taking his time being very patient. Coming to the turn letting it wash up off the bottom of the racetrack. Bobby Labonte still there. Make it about two car lengths now between the front two. Getting interesting in the final couple of laps. Gordon Labonte now flash through the middle of three and four. Four car lanes. That's the separation here at the stripe as they go back into the corner. Lap 322. Six to go. Jeff Gordon comes back into the corner again, maintaining just a couple of car length lead. Maybe three or four car lengths. Bobby Labonte is there following his tire tracks through the corner and onto the back stretch. They will encounter some slower traffic this time as they come into turn three. Steve Grissom smoking Chevrolet down on the bottom of the racetrack. They'll run up on him as they come off of turn number four. Got to give a lot of credit to both these drivers. Both Jeff Gordon, he stayed out of trouble all day, been able to put that car wherever he wanted to. Bobby Labonte He's had to work a whole lot harder to stay up there where he is, and he cuts it down another car length as they go back to two. Bobby's using a little bit lower line now. This time coming off turn three, it was much lower on the track than Jeff Gordon. This time through turns one and two, identical lines they take as he shuts it down to two car lengths. Looks like Gordon's having a lot of trouble getting 
up off of corner number four. That's where Labonte ate up the ground on him last lap by. He's closed to one car length this time. This script very much like we saw here yesterday in the NASCAR Bush Series race, although the pass was made late in the day by Johnny Benson Jr. Maybe Bobby Labonte can repeat that script. They're back to turn number one. Two car lengths between the two Chevrolets coming back into the turn. Jeff Gordon leads the way. Bobby Labonte right behind him and again identical tire tracks off turn two. Labonte now has not only to catch him, then he's got to find a way around him. This time he closes about a half a car length now as they dive down into turn number three coming up on more lap traffic. Should have about three laps to go when they get back down this time. He chops it down to two car lengths as they work across the line and head back into turns one and two. Terry Labonte is about a half a straightaway behind. He is third. Dale Earnhardt is an equal distance behind him and fourth and those are the only four cars on the lead lap. They're back in two. Leaders work around the Dave Marcus car. Swing by him. Take the high line off. Turn number two and down the back straightaway once more. Getting around that lap traffic cost Bobby Labonte about a car length on the racetrack now. He's got to get back up on Gordon's back bumper. Jeff Bodine's slow car at the bottom of turn four this time. He's out of everybody's way. Jeff Bodine is, but as Alan said, for Bobby Labonte getting around Dave Marcus before, it took a bit of a wider line. It cost him some distance. Two laps to go back to turn one. Jeff Gordon comes to the end of the front straightaway, dips it down low in turn number one, comes up off the bottom line just a tad. Bobby Labonte still some four car lengths behind him, follows the DuPont Chevrolet off turn two. The lead has stabilized for the moment as Gordon continues to hold that two-car length advantage. They dive once again into turn number three with just a couple of more trips around. They're off of four. Two car lengths between the leader and second place, and that's as close as Bobby Labonte has been able to get as he comes down and takes the white flag on the final circuit around the speedway. Let's follow him down to turn one. Gordon sure got a rear-view mirror full of that interstate battery Chevrolet of Bobby Labonte, but Labonte may not be able to do much more with him. Still about three or four car lengths behind the race leader. On to the back straightaway lap traffic will not come into play. Gordon, half a lap to go now. They're into turn number three. Labonte still one car length off his back bumper. They dive for the bottom of four and head for the checkered flag. No chance here for Bobby Labonte. He's going to give it a heck of a run, but coming up a car length and a half short, Jeff Gordon wins at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. His second win of the year, the fourth of his career, finishing in third spot will be Terry Labonte, then Dale Earnhardt, and Dale Jarrett. Well, Rick Hendrick, I'll tell you, had a strong horse today, a little interesting there at the end, but it was really a dominating race for Jeff Gordon. Well, he drove a heck of a race. We're really proud of him. You know, you, you, you just don't know what's going to happen at the end of these things, but he drove a heck of a race. Car was good all day. So Rick Hendrick and his team go to victory lane. And he's going to be quite a bit of celebration down there. Again, Jeff Gordon wins, unofficially finishing second. Bobby Labonte, Terry Labonte will finish third. Fourth will go to Dale Earnhardt, and fifth unofficially to Dale Jarrett. Well, for the second time this season, Ray Evernham, Jeff Gordon, and the DuPont crew heading the victory lane. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, they dominated, though the eventual margin of victory was just one-tenth of a second. But doesn't matter. They'll take it nevertheless. Second place, a strong run for Bobby Lapati. Winston Kelly's with him. For the second time in 1995, Bobby Lapati comes home second. Bobby, it was a good run for you. Just looked like you didn't have quite enough there for Jeff all day. No, you know, we got way behind there for a while, and, uh, I mean, that, that hurt us. But, uh, uh, you know, that late caution, I hate to see Kenny have an accident up there, but at the same time, it helped us out. You know, we got out of the pit second, and uh, Terry passed me right there. Just I just went to the straight to the fence there off of four, and I had to get off of it, and he got by me. So, And we worked back underneath him off of two a few laps later and got him. So, 
I just didn't have enough for Jeff. You know, he was awful strong all day. He was really strong all day. Right there at the end, we just had a little bit more uh, more something there to, to, to try to get him. But, hey, these uh, this Joe Gibbs Racing Team Interstate Battery Chevrolet, you know, this is a Chevrolet racetrack now, it looks like. Uh, and it's one, two, and three for Hendricks Motorsports, too. Uh, they won second and third. So, hey, it's a good day overall. That's Bobby Lamonte. He comes home second this afternoon. Let's check in with Chuck Bowen. I'm down here with fourth-place finisher Dale Earnhardt. Dale, I know you gave it all you had all day long, but a few of them were just a little bit better. How was it out there today? Well, it was really a good race. Uh, you know, Gordon, he sort of stunk up the show, so to speak. But, you know, he had the best car, and uh, that's, that's what it takes. But uh, our car was pretty good. It just was a little too tight in and through the middle of the corner. And I couldn't use the throttle real hard in the center. So we were just fighting that the rest of the day. Uh, as the track went on, it seemed to you know, really just get get worse. It never got any better, but, you know, we'll take it. That's another top five, and uh, the team's working really good. We just learned to handle on this uh, Monte Carlo. We might get them. I'm sure he will. You know, with the exception of Terry Labonte, this race looked a whole lot like Rockingham. That's indeed the case. Uh, that was the only difference, really, as far as uh, those uh, finishing orders were concerned. One thing that uh, I think everybody agrees with, the Goodies Headache Award today was rightfully voted to Mike Wallace, $1,000 going to Mike, plus a $250 donation to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mike Wallace was the driver who got hit from behind about 60 yards before the green flag and never got to take the green. He came back later in the day, but he was about 200 laps down before he returned. Back to Winston Kelly. Terry Labonte, a good run for you this afternoon. Well, you know, we came up a little short, but our Kellogg Chevrolet ran good all day long, and... Uh, um, Best we could. We're happy with third. That's Terry Labonte. He came home with a good, strong third-place run. Again, uh, Terry Labonte talking about his third-place run here this afternoon. Let's check in in victory lane with Jim Phillips. Well, we'll have uh, Jeff Gordon in just a moment, Barney. Okay. Jeff spending down there some time down here. Let's go back to Chuck Bound. Yeah, I'm down here with Dale Jarrett. Dale, you got another uh, top five today. How was it out there? Well, we struggled. Uh, you know, we had to work for it. And the guys in the pits, uh, Larry and, and his whole crew there, they deserve this fifth-place finish. They worked hard all day long, kept adjusting the car. Finally, like the next to the last set of tires I had, boy, I was really hooked up and going then. And, and then there at the end I was. So, uh, you know, it took us all day to, to find it exactly, but we did. And that's what's so good about this race team. I just got to uh, get it over a little bit sooner to them what the car needs. And I think that we'll be much better from the beginning. Yeah, I think part of the problem, too, was Gordon was just unbelievable today. He had one of those great days, and he really had to work on it to keep up with him. Yeah, you know, that makes it tough uh, when it got a car like that that, that fast. You, you keep trying to work on your car. and You know, at one point there, I said, I don't know what I'd do different to our car because it's really driving good here. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate that uh, these guys work hard. And, you know, people at Texaco and, and Haviland, Mac Tools, you know, they deserve a, a good run, and, and we try to give that to them every week, and uh, we'll get better here. That's a good run, fifth place for Dale Jarrett. Let's go to victory lane. Well, Jeff Gordon, it looked like you're riding Secretariat out there today. It was a strong horse. Well, it sure was. Uh, you know, I tell you, this uh, this Hendrick Motorsports DuPont crew, they they do a heck of a job, and they they've built one heck of a race car. This same car we had at Rockingham, and man, the thing was just on a rail today. I mean, it was so easy to drive until the end when uh, Bobby the I tell you, me and Bobby, are, uh, you know, he, he's coming close. He's coming real close, and me and him are are, uh, are battling out there, and it's a lot of fun. But I really thought he was going to get me. I knew catching me was one thing, passing me was going to be another thing. But it got too close for comfort there. It looked like after lap 57 pit stop and you came in, you got the tires, that's when the car set sail. You know, uh, it, it really did. It took it a while. At, 
the, at the beginning, it was very tight. I was very surprised at how tight it was, and it, uh, it we were really wanting a pit stop. But the longer we ran, the better the car got. And then when we got to come in and adjust on just a little bit, loosen it up, man, the thing was just on a rail. And from there on, it was just awesome. Just depend on you know what set of tires. And I got to take my hat off to Goodyear. They have done an excellent job. These tires, I, I ran these tires as hard as you can run today, and they held up great. Is it hard though to stay focused when you got a car this good? It is. Uh, I mean, I catch myself uh, wondering about other things and thinking about other things and then shaking my head saying, no, come on, you know, stay focused. When you're out there and nobody's really pressuring you, you know, you even look for lap cars. You want lap cars so that you at least have somebody to judge off of or at least somebody to, to, to see, you know. But uh, the car was just excellent today, and, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that we did. Every little vibration, Kip, we've got this vibration in this car. It wins every time it does it, but it makes me nervous, and I was scared to death today that we were going to have a problem, but uh, man, the thing came home uh, clean as a whistle, no problem. Okay, when you got down to the last pit stop and the body did run you hard, where was he beating you at? Well, I didn't want to see that last stop to begin with. I mean, we were just checked out, and, uh, you know, it was easy sailing. But, uh, you know, the Lord's looking after us. Uh, when it's your day, it's your day, and, and he knows that. And, and uh, you know, he was certainly blessing us today, but he wanted me to work for it. And so uh, that caution came out, and we took off, and, and Bobby wasn't, wasn't that strong. And then Terry got by him, and I thought, you know, okay, I think we're all right, but we're going to have to deal with Terry. And then Terry faded, and, and Bobby got by him, and, man, he come on strong. And, uh, you know, I. I guess it just took a little while for his tires to come in, but he was killing me down in three and four. Okay, when you got down to the last pit stop and the body did run you hard, where was he beating you at? Well, I didn't want to see that last stop to begin with. I mean, we were just checked out, and, uh, you know, it was easy sailing. But, uh, you know, the, the Lord's looking after us. Uh, when it's your day, it's your day, and, and he knows that. And, and uh, you know, he was certainly blessing us today, but he wanted me to work for it. And so uh, that caution came out, and we took off, and, and Bobby wasn't, wasn't that strong. And then Terry got by him, and I thought, you know, oh, okay, I think we're all right, but we're going to have to deal with Terry. And then Terry faded, and, and Bobby got by him, and, man, he come on strong. And, uh, you know, I it, I guess it just took a little while for his tires to come in, but he was killing me down in three and four, and I was as good or just a little bit better down in one and two. I could suck it right down on the bottom. And, I mean, I was driving that thing as hard as I could, and I was a little bit too tight down in three and four, and it's my fault. I told the guy, I said, let's tighten it up a little bit just to you know, be safe, but I guess we tightened up a little bit too much, but uh, we still won. That's all that matters. Well, this is the place he won his first NASCAR race, Jeff Gordon in victory lane again here at Atlanta. And we congratulate Jeff Gordon. Four cars were on the lead lap at the end of the day today, 29 of the 42 starters were still running. Jeff Gordon, the winner, led 249 of the 328 laps today. That's total domination at this place. There were nine lead changes among seven different drivers, five caution periods for a total of 27 laps. The average speed, 150.070 miles an hour. Quick race for them. Jeff Gordon does win. Bobby Labonte will finish second. Terry Labonte runs third. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. Dale Jarrett finished fifth. Morgan Shepard was sixth. Sterling Marlin finished seventh. Ricky Rudd was 8th. Mark Martin ran ninth. Rusty Wallace 10th. Rick Mast posted an 11th place run. Ricky Craven was 12th. Derek Cope 13th. Kyle Petty 14th. Lake Speed 15th. Joe Nemechek was 16th. 17th to Bobby Hamilton. Steve Grissom was 18th. Ted Musgrave was 19th, and John Andretti round out the top 20. Continuing our look at the finishing order, 21st today will be Todd Bodine, 22nd Dick Trickle, 23rd will go to Brett Bodine, 24th Davey Jones, Billy Standridge was 25th, 26th Bill Elliott, Ken Schrader was 27th, Dave Marcus 28th, Greg Sachs was 29th today, and 30th goes to Jeff Bodine, 31st Robert Presley, 32nd Jimmy Spencer, 
Jeff Burton was 33rd. Daryl Waltrip, 34th. Michael Waltrip was 35th. 36th is Jeremy Mayfield. 37th place finisher, Jeff Purvis. 38th goes to Jimmy Hensley. 39th is Randy LaJoy. 40th, Mike Wallace. 41st, Steve Kinzer. And 42nd today is Phil Parsons. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.